0: In my notes from the WWDC keynote, it says there are 16 million registered developers. So there's plenty of fans for podcasts to go around. Hmm. And if it's about going into the dry spell, which is what I, I, I think I
1: was overhearing, it kind of makes Maybe. sense because everything got quiet before WWDC. We had oh, I see, yeah, rumors yeah. and innuendo, but no actual content.
0: Yeah, summertime.
1: I mean, the WWDC is a good time because we'll we'll have stuff easy. to talk about for a while. You know, as we start going through videos and joking. sessions, and
2: we can and make uh, it the Tim Sink shows.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm sure and that'll your boost dad the ratings. Is
1: rich. And then we'll get yeah, another boost. Mama's good <laughs> Then we'll get another boost in the fall Gosh, when all these baby, devices start don't coming
0: out. you cry.
2: Aren't I the Sorry. one that usually shows up drunk? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 147 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name's Tim Mitchell, and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined by Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Tammy Corin down in West Tennessee. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, now. Mm All righty. So, well, yeah, so this is, this is, we're recording right smack in the middle of WWDC. So, uh, but we're just going to do our usual thing. So Jaime, do we have some Ask MTJC? We do. We have one from Prism Studios. It says, hey
1: guys, you know that you can AirPlay Amazon Prime to the Apple TV, right? And this is follow-up and almost a little bit of spoilers for part of this podcast around the fact that Amazon's Prime video app has been notably absent on the Apple TV. And uh, yeah, I think that's true. I, I think you can AirPlay. the amazon prime app over to the apple tv but that's it's sort of like not a very convenient way of doing it right like it's like you sure you could but i mean i could also plug it in physically to my phone too and then just plug it right into the tv and use it like as it was like a a external display monitor sort of thing too but sure that's not as good when i'm you know i've had a long day i just want to kick back on the couch and veg and just you know let me go see what's available which is why i think it's a a big idea to have that on there
0: just quick question so so is he talking about running it in the ios can you play amazon prime in the ios app is that how that works i mean i have amazon prime but i've never really tried it so
1: yeah the amazon prime video app or, or whatever or maybe it's just called Amazon Video. I forget what the actual app name is. Uh, but in any case, it can play video you know, on iOS devices, your iPhone, your iPad. And if you have an Apple TV, you can also airplay that stuff right, to right. the Apple TV. But it's
0: definitely not as convenient as something we'll end up talking about in this show as we talk about WWE. Well, we, we can let the cat out of the bag. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. So so the big news for tvOS was that Amaz- the Amazon Prime app has come to, t- to Apple TV. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, Amazon Prime Video. Right. So, right. so okay. for
1: Prime members being able to view prime content, both their original content as well as stuff that is free right. to to view. Uh, of course you also have the the paid route, you know, if you want to watch let's say like hidden figures or something, you can also rent or buy those through Amazon's video. Okay.
2: For me that's huge because I've been an Amazon Prime member for a long while now, and I don't think I've watched a single Amazon Prime video because it's a pain in the ass to figure out how to go get it and then where to watch it. So um, this, for me, is going to be big.
0: Yeah, you know Serenity's on uh, Amazon Prime, right?
2: Oh, hush. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think for me, this (laughs) also
1: is big. So I I happen to have, I don't know how recent, uh, within the last six months, purchased a Roku 4 device. And I've been a Roku user for a while, because I sort of had those three major media providers that I really needed. Netflix, but Netflix is on your toaster, right? Like that's kind of a given, but it's an important one, right? If you don't have Netflix, you're a broken content uh, system.
2: Wait, what the hell Uh, kind of toaster do you have? I want one of those.
1: (laughs) The uh, the iToaster, $49.95. No, I mean, (laughs) you probably could get it actually on some refrigerators or some Samsung refrigerators that are basically big old Android devices right on the front. So I'll have to check that out. In any case, you can get Netflix. Or, or I should say, I need Netflix. I need Crunchyroll for anime streaming, and I also need Amazon Prime Video. Now, the former two have been, you know, available on the Roku. That's great. They've been on the Apple TV. Great. The Apple TV has missed until recently missed out on Amazon Prime Video. So it was essentially a non-starter for me. It never was a competitor in my mind. To be like, okay, this doesn't meet one third of my requirements. Why would I ever choose it when there's this other thing that meets all my requirements? And now it sort of changes the. the whole equation to me of like oh well now when i look to replace my roku device i might consider the forthcoming apple tv presumed device they didn't announce one but i'm just going to assume there will be one with 4k sometime in the fall
0: cool. all right so and we have some follow-up items um just following up on on jaime's post last week about the uh, the um i guess it was a home-built cortana holographic experience thing uh, i saw this link on mashable uh, that holographic billboards are now seem to be a thing and they're using it sort of a series of projectors and building up um, a number of images together that, that project onto a piece of glass. And so they've got Foot Locker ads. And I, I guess this must be a Mark Cuban project because um, it's called Hyper Vision. And it's just, uh, it's got this way, cool way of um, creating ads in the air, if you will, right? So, so I, I wonder if it was a Shark Tank thing is what I was going with the Mark Cuban comment.
1: It's definitely kind of a, a cool thing to see. Um, I find it interesting, since you've mentioned um, this whole thing, that we are slowly catching Catching up to the 2015 that is demonstrated in Back to the Future Part 2, <laughs> the movie where, you know, a year later, the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs, end up winning the World Series in Major League Baseball. Really? And now wow. we've got holographic billboards, which if you remember the one where Jaws 19, I think, reaches out and tries to bite him. That was a holographic right, right. billboard sort of thing. So we're, we're ever so slowly getting towards having Back to the Future Part 2 come to life.
0: So I wonder, if, I wonder if anybody, just for a joke or just for a lark, um, placed a bet that the Cubs would win the World Series. Like years ago, right? Just, just for a lark, right? And then they go ahead and win it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's definitely one of those things that uh, if you get in cheap enough, the the odds are so high that yeah, yeah. Th- in your favor that you could uh, you can make some real bank. Yeah.
0: Well, the next uh, item we have is uh, as a um, follow up item is Launch Kit, and I, I'm a Launch Kit user. I've not a, I'm not a pro user, but uh, I've been using it since it was originally announced back in beta, and to create screenshots for my apps that go on the App Store. And if you go over and look at uh, device tracker or what else have I got on there um, uh, all of them like uh, geese Squad, um, by salon all my apps I've used launch kit to do my my advertising or to create the screenshots that are on the App Store they were acquired by Google I think a year ago and we wondered kind of what would happen whether it would you know they would bring launch kit over to Android or something and decided to say that uh, they have now announced that uh, they're going to be shutting down as of July 31st so if you are a launch kit pro user you have until July 31st to go and grab your assets and download them them and uh, basically they say that uh, all data will be destroyed after J- july 31st so whether you're a free user like i am or a paid user you're out of luck so had you guys looked at that product at all yeah i remember i was talking about it on the show
1: I, i've not used it myself though
0: yeah like i said well you can look at my app store uh, list uh, items under it guy technologies and you'll see they're all they've all been dressed up with uh screenshots handily made and it, you know it makes them for you put up you upload one screenshot and it creates an iphone 4 or 5s you know iphone 6 iphone 7 Uh, They even if you paid, you can get iPad sizes too done for you, which were nice. And, you know, they look kind of cool because you can put a caption above, like a little banner above each one and and do multiple languages. I think think Device Tracker actually is, I think that's in eight languages. So I did my screenshots in eight different languages. So sad to see that go. BuddyBuild is a continuous integration, continuous deployment, and user feedback platform built specifically for the mobile development teams. BuddyBuild takes just minutes to set up and automates the process configuring a reliable and robust platform to build, test, and deploy your apps. Gone are the days of retrofitting legacy web infrastructure and constantly maintaining build scripts to meet your mobile development needs. BuddyBuild gives you back the time normally spent on creating and maintaining your development pipeline so you can focus on building apps your users will love. With BuddyBuild, thousands of companies like Slack, Meetup, and Firefox are confident in their mobile development infrastructure again. Find out more about BuddyBuild at BuddyBuild.com. Alright, so uh, of course the big the big news this week is, like I said at the top of the show we're, we're smack dab in the middle of uh, WWDC, so uh, we're going to just sort of riff on our uh, impressions of what was announced and what was on the show and, and what we think about them and uh, we've got some comments from watching the videos which may end up in the after show, I guess. So, you want to lead in uh, Jaime? Sure, and I think the
1: framing that we'll use for this is that Apple had sort of six major areas that it wanted to talk about during the keynote and the first one was tvos which literally the only thing they said was oh by the way amazon prime video is coming later this year it was, it was really weird that, um, that they didn't spend more time on on other stuff like what's going on in tvos i did see right. that there is at least one session so they are making some sort of change to tvos but apparently in this extraordinarily packed keynote which i guess normally goes two hours it went i don't know two and change two fifteen, maybe yeah, two 15, hours and 30 minutes. something yeah. like that um yeah. like every little Bit was was just packed to the gills with all sorts of information. There weren't any of these weird. Oh, look! Here's a demonstration for this thing that nobody cares about and <laughs> feels like somebody got paid really good to, to go show this sort of awkward thing. Uh, no, no, no. This this was you know there was nothing but like you know to the bone. This is what we need to show you about what Apple's doing this year. So uh, TVOS, sure. not much going on. As I mentioned before, I suspect they'll have you know a 4K device. They didn't announce one. You know, your mileage may vary in terms of your your purchasing habits. Um, right. The next thing they talked. About was the watch. And uh did anybody take real good notes on that? I I took a handful of things. So for me, I remembered that the Siri watch face was trying to be proactive and show you just what you needed to know in a very timely fashion. It looks a lot like the Pebble timeline. I think you remember the Pebble smart watch where it would show you sort of as you go through your day, this is what you need to know. In the morning, it needs to let you know here's what traffic is all about. You need to deal with you know traffic today, and as you get toward the afternoon, it says, Oh, by the way, don't forget that you have haircut at 1pm and and so on and so forth. So that that was cool. You know, it shows more of what Siri can do beyond simply just sort of listening and waiting for you to ask it something, being very reactive and more of a proactive type assistant. Sure, yeah, sure. And then they showed some watch faces too, right? They showed like, There's oh, a kaleidoscope like... one now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really? Which, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not super keen on it. I'm sure there are people who will enjoy it. I, I think if you're going to have a kaleidoscope face, it probably should be kaleidoscope, the diffing tool from black pixel you know maybe i can be sitting in line somewhere waiting for my sandwich and uh, checking to see if this image looks really good or not um and they also have those toy story faces as well which if you like the mickey mouse and minnie mouse ones uh, but are a younger fan i think that might be for you
0: all right and then then we moved on to the new os right mac os hi Sierra a couple of high notes on that one was intelligent tracking prevention, which is, you know, and an, I guess a smarter way of making sure that people aren't following you on online. Um, they said the mail's more efficient. They talked about some new uh, photo editing. I think, um, the APFS, the new Apple, uh, file system is now standard. Is
1: that correct? I think it will be yeah. default in Mac OS. Hi. Is that going to be,
0: is, Oh, it's not going to move over to, to iOS though, but just uh, just Mac OS, I guess it's oh, it already, is on, it already is on iOS.
1: Um, Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. As of 10.3, okay. the, the did a silent upgrade.
0: Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so and that's a 64-bit um, file system, safe. It does have some things like instant file and metadata cloning, which basically means I guess it just instantly happens. And uh, something that Tammy might be kind of excited about is Metal 2. What do you think of Metal 2, Tammy?
2: Um, I'm excited about it, but I'm still not sure, you know, where Metal fits into the entire ecosystem. Like, um, for example, if you're building a game, I don't know why you would use Metal or Metal 2 when you've got tools out there like SceneKit or Unity or Unreal. If however you're building a game engine, then yeah, Metal is is really cool and they have added a ton of new stuff in there. I mean they're really pushing the, the VR in Metal and the AR, which we haven't talked about just yet.
0: Right, right. That's that's where you sound like a pirate, right? Arr. Yeah. Arr, okay. <laughs> you <laughs> right. must
2: wear an eye patch anytime you that's program in AR kit.
0: That's true. Um, or you'll put your eye out. Um, so and then moved on to hardware, and I guess the first hardware was of the show was the iMacs. Um, and it, it, interesting, I made a quote of, of, the, of what, I think this is Craig Federighi said, was that, um, or maybe it wasn't him, but they, it wasn't him actually, now I think about it, but he said that it was the most popular desktop for pro consumers, which I thought was interesting, because we've talked on the show about before about whether there is actually pro tools for people in general, and, and whether or not, and obviously Apple is thinking that the iMac, which is, I guess, their most popular hardware desktop piece, that's where the pros are going, so they've Add a native VR um, to it. I guess with the they have a, a new developer kit, right? That they're they're adding on, which adds a GPU to. I guess it's an external GPU that you can plug into the
2: yeah, interface look, somehow. <laughs> huh? That that is uh, five ninety nine USD, and I think someone should send one to me just for fun.
0: <laughs> just, for, just I'll to make review. something yeah, really
2: just, cool for you. <laughs>
0: just yeah, if you want someone over to Tammy to review it, she'll, she'll totally. sort of happy to be happy to do that. So is that the but the uh, I guess the new desk the new displays are running at... 90 frames per second or is that because and they've added the kaby lake processors and ssds that are 50 50 faster than the previous generation of ssds so um quite a bit of horsepower put into the um the imac line um, i'm not sure if this is, counts as the fifth thing i've lost count where we were Jaime, in terms of counting i wasn't really paying attention to the keynote i thought we are uh, on third if you're talking about Mac, still oh really okay okay um so while the third point four or three was the big uh, drum roll please uh iMac Pro, you know, with a 5K display and starting at $4,999 with, and comes in space gray, I think, right? Did you have any notes yes. on that? Yes. Yeah. And I had a
2: note on that that said, get one of these for Christmas because that's when right. it comes uh, out.
0: Ascent. I, I oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. December 2017. I would love to have that. Uh, good luck with that one.
0: <laughs> now you do, you do have a, you do have a uh, your place, you have a desktop that you use your, your Cintiq with, right? Like you don't lug that around. On your so you have you have a space where you do well, your work as well as having laptops, right?
2: I used to. I used to have a an iMac twenty seven inch, which I just pretty much gave to my son maybe like two months ago. Okay. And now I just plug this antique in whenever I'm using it to one of my laptops.
0: Mm, okay. But now the new iMac Pro that Bill is obviously going to buy you for Christmas.
2: I think that's what I was doing. Right. I think I was getting. I had this 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 uh, premonition this that I needed to clear yeah. that desk space for something new, something bigger, something borrowed, right, something right. space gray.
1: <laughs> yep. Sleeker, more, more tactical than the space gray, <laughs> yes. including the keyboard and mouse, uh, magic uh, mouse, which oh are exclusive goodness. to the iMac Pro. They are
0: also space gray.
2: That's how I'm going to okay, sell so it to them. It's tactical. It's tactical. So how
0: <laughs> do we feel about the iMac Pro in general, besides the fact that Tammy's going to get one, but how do we feel about that, and what does it do for the uh, for the the you know the video processing people, or the people ma- mixing giant vi- music tracks, and who need all those products processors like so up to 12 i think isn't that right it's and like 64 gig is the base model and, um, and I see, 128
1: gigabytes we're... ecc ram is what i wrote it comes in eight core xeon tw- 10 core xeon and 18 core xeon processor 18, right yeah with a four terabyte ssd and what did i oh my lord what did i write here is that 36 gigs per second what is it i didn't, couldn't understand the number <laughs> it's, it's a lot of gigs it's a lot of gigs trust a lot of me. gigs per second a lot of gigs yeah. got the, the truth
2: is if if you're an indie developer and you are a one-stop shop and you need to do all of these different things. That's the machine for you. Now, Tim, you said I was going right. to get one. I can't afford one of those. I would love to get one, but I can't. Even if <laughs> okay. I saved up every penny until Christmas, I probably still wouldn't be able to afford to get one. But if you can, if if you if not you, like, but more like the general you, if you can afford to get one of those, get one of those because those are right, hella right. cool. Yeah, I agree.
0: But I mean, how do, what do we think about that in terms of its placement, in terms of what does it do to the Mac? Pro. Because clearly, like my comment that I saved about them saying that uh, the iMacs are the, the most popular pro user, pro consumer uh, product, desktop-wise, um, clearly the iMac Pro is Apple's sort of putting their foot forward saying this is, this is the, the machine for you, right? And it's, you know, at four ninety nine, dollars when you start throwing options at it, um, it's pretty much going to be like what you would put into spending for a Mac Pro, right? Because you're going to buy a monitor and keyboard and mouse and all that kind of stuff, right? A friend of mine looked at me during the keynote and he said, you know, the Mac you want is going to cost you five grand, no matter whether it's an iMac pro or whatever. Like if you really, you know, when you soup it all up, that's what you're going to be spending. What do you think about that?
2: I think given a choice of the Mac pro or the iMac pro, I would go with the iMac pro.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. With a 5k display, like Mark's been saying, he's wanted a 5k display forever. Right. So this gives you the best of both worlds in that sense. Right. I, my only I see about, it going my, away.
2: I see the Mac pro going away. Maybe not like tomorrow, yeah. but I do see yeah. the transition of it just going away.
0: My, my, my big concern about the all-in-ones is the all-in-one, right? I've got four IMAX sitting upstairs right now that just came back to me from various people. Like, I've got a 27-inch one, I've got a, you know, a really nice Intel one, but, you know, the monitors don't work, or they're no longer upgradable, and blah, 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 or they don't have enough memory. And yeah, my concern th- about, you know... People
2: are so... Technology has become so disposable. You go out, yeah. and you buy a brand new phone every year, because Apple here, take my money, when there's nothing wrong with your other phone now granted we're talking you know eight hundred dollars versus five thousand dollars but still people or at least you know what i've seen they, they just they don't need things separate they want this this thing that they can just gather up and be done with it and come back in and replace it unless you're like a serious gamer that's building their own pc that you need specialized parts to do one thing or the other all in one is fine it's preferred hmm, okay opinion yeah, i think oh, I think
1: sorry. that Tim to sort of get your request i think if you said say, okay, what will the sales numbers be like between this iMac Pro and the forthcoming Mac Pro? I think it's got to be easily 10 to 1, I would guess. I'm just pulling a number out of the air where this is just so crazy and out there in terms of performance that there are going to be very few people who will not have their needs met and met for several years, right? You buy this $5,000 machine and it's going to last you five years probably, I would guess, right? We're, We're hanging on these machines longer and longer because the computing has gotten good enough for most people, but for those who really, really need that extra oomph, I think I'm pretty excited to see what the Mac Pro ends up being In that it it doesn't have to be held back by the, you know, the the form factor of the iMac, right? The iMac has to look svelte. It has to deal with things, you know, it it can do more cooling uh, more actively than the sort of notable current trash can shaped Mac Pro can do, but there's only so much it can do to keep the same sort of form factor, right? But if you say, all right, Right, right." from the get-go, you know, remember the mistake that we made before, don't make that mistake again. Make this so that it can handle whatever you know fiery ball of sun comes out of the GPUs. You know, five years from now, that's the design Apple's going to come up with, and I'm pretty excited to see what that ends up being. Uh, not because I will buy one, because I'm I'm not going to be that sort of creme de la creme who has these exotic you know video or three d graphics processing or even you know uh, other multimedia sort of processing needs. But there are people who do, and I think they're a very very small niche. But there will also be uh, people who are spending a lot of money. Money for a very high quality device in the future.
0: Right. I'm just trying to see here what the price of the um, uh, macro is. Currently, I'm just looking on the Canadian store. No, the American store. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. So, I mean, th- the, the pricing 299. is 99. Yeah, 299 or 399 for whatever you need to do. And then you got it. Like I said, you got to go buy like a thousand dollar monitor, or whatever. If you're, if you're a pro, like a 5K monitor, I guess. Um, so, yeah, you're sort of in the same ballpark in terms of price. And you know, and you know, Apple, as I said before, many times before, um, Apple's just Displays are superior to others. I don't know. Maybe they get to hand pick the LCDs as they come off the tree, kind of thing. Um, but they always seem to have really good monitors. So I think that uh, yeah, the, the pro the pro is like a thousand dollars more than the top of the line Mac Pro. I mean the iMac Pro is a thousand dollars more than the Mac Pro. Um, I had a friend who just recently sold one. Like I just did the numbers and case for those of you from Canada here, we're talking six thousand six hundred and sixty four sixty five dollars. You know to start at the Mac Pro. So and I know a friend of mine who, who just sold his Mac Pro. Um, had paid around 6000 by the time he had added all the things into it that he felt he wanted. Never really felt satisfied with it, to be honest with you. That's what he sort of said. That's why he sold it, but uh, interesting stuff. Okay, let's move on to the next thing, which I believe is iOS, right? That's correct.
1: iOS was the fourth sort of tentpole that they they wanted to talk about. Um, they showed a lot, and something I think that had been talked about, but that nobody had really, sort of really, really predicated themselves on, was Apple Pay as a cash card that you can use for peer-to-peer right peer payments. So if you're familiar with Venmo, or I guess to a lesser extent PayPal, paying each other for, I don't know, the t- paying your share of the meal, or oh, thank you for getting the cab last night, I'll pay you back for my share sort of thing. This is really huge, because this is something that I think will solidify payments on the sort of Apple ecosystem of the release. I, I don't know if it works at all for Android folks. I would guess probably not, because they don't participate right, in, right. in Apple Pay. But there's folks wondering about like, oh, you know, like this is the Whole peer-to-peer payment system is is fragmenting. are like, well, yeah, because there hasn't been a default provider. Now, if you have an iPhone and it's reasonably new, you have Apple Pay there, and it will be easier instead of wondering, oh, uh, what do you have? PayPal? No. Do you have Square Cash? No. you have Venmo? Okay, yeah, I do. Why well, even have that conversation? Like, oh, I see you have an iPhone. Great. I'm just going to Apple Pay you for the money that. Right. You. Exactly. Yeah. So that, I, I think we, we don't have these
0: kind of things. We don't have these kind of things in Canada right now, as far as I know. We don't have Venmo, and I'm not sure. I think we just got square cash but yeah um and full disclosure i work in banking and you Jaime, work in banking and i know that mm-hmm. our people are pretty excited about this at least some of the people i've spoken to um i don't know about you guys over there but uh yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of make it easy yeah right
1: yeah and, and people were wondering like oh is it just like putting it on a gift card or something and, and my understanding for what they talked about is that you'll have some sort of card that you can use to transfer to your banks such as either right. one of the banks that you and i work at right so i'm assuming you can just add the account number and and just do an external transfer from your Apple Pay into whatever your favorite bank is. Right, right. So if you wanted to cash out, it's like, oh no, what am I going to do with this money? I I got paid for the cab and now I got to go buy like Smurf berries with my $20. No, no, no. This is like legitimate actual funds that you have. And sort of weirdly, it turns people are saying, well, it turns Apple into a bank. And I'm I'm guessing it's probably handled under the covers by Visa or or some other intermediary.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's some financial vehicle that's carrying the cash uh, transfer, right?
1: Yeah, somebody is the actual... I, I don't know if there's an equivalent in the um, in Canada, but in the United States, the FDIC is who, insured, at the federal level, is who insures the actual banks to say, oh, uh, we are going to guarantee that your money is there, and, uh, regardless of what happens to the bank, up up to a certain amount, of course.
0: Yeah, we have something similar. Um, I don't know what it is myself, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, we, we can skip about iMessage. I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even know that Apple does, other than the fact that they added, you know, uh, Apple Pay. Oh, there, yeah, yeah. They're
1: like, yeah. oh, it, yeah. They, they fixed a bug. It's like, oh, your messages are available on the Mac as well as your iPhone. I was like, oh, I thought they were before. I've seen them yeah, go to both so spots. Did I. Like, apparently, yeah. when I thought, oh, it, it's not syncing correctly. It's like, it never actually synced to begin with. So, oh, really? To, oh, okay, <laughs> way to go, wow. on Apple. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But but more positively, so they they talked about adding more of Siri intelligence on the device All for right. machine right. learning, which I think we'll we'll talk a little bit more later. And of course, doing it in a very sort of Privacy-centric way of having things, you know, end-to-end encryption and doing as much of the device as possible, sure. and also extending to uh, Siri tasks with apps. So you can add notes and, and probably a couple other things. I haven't seen that particular session. Actually.
0: Yeah, I saw the session today, uh, or today or yesterday. Um, you can it, it, you can do you can add you can create lists like to-do lists and so that, stuff, that kind of stuff. You can create reminders. You can create calendar events. Um, you can do transfers. Like you can you can say I want to transfer ten dollars from. The this account to that account, um, and it understands the nicknames of the accounts as well. Uh, what else did they say today? Um, and again, it's super easy to use kind of thing. Uh, there's like a closure you, you set up and away you go, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so they've added some functionalities, and I think like, you know, last year they had like, what, not five or six things, intents that you could do. It's all based on intents, uh, so everything's IN something um, that they've added in for SiriKit. Yeah, it looks like, like like last year it was pretty limited in terms of what you could do this year, seems to be a bit more intuitive. And again, I, you know, my 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 gut feel about it was the rollout was probably part of, of educating and seeing how far they could go with that, but but without you know taking their hands fully off the reins with us to run with it, right sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the comments were that it does more than ever, and it, Siri understands, you know. So, but you you and you sort of talked about the um, uh, the machine learning that's built in. So that, that was one of the things they talked about with photos was more enhancements to Live Photo, some things you can do um uh so without sp- I guess I can spill the beans I did do, go to the um, machine learning um, sessions a couple of them and actually I think they talk about it in, in the um the platform state of the Union that uh, machine learning stuff is sort of all over the place it's in photos it's in uh where where we sort of guessed it was right um, and uh, so they so it's it's kind of rolled into this whole Siri thing as well to be able to gather gather and figure out what you're saying yeah they they threw
1: in machine learning in there to the point where if you had some sort of you know dream Thinking game, or you were keeping track, you would have given up, or you would have blacked out long before you finished the keynote because uh, the count was up really high at one point. And when they got to talking about Core ML, their sort of framework for machine learning and all sorts of different neural networks, um, it was pretty clear that that Apple is taking it serious, and that's good. Sure. That's a good sign because their competitors certainly are. So this is really good to sort of have that table stakes of of what's possible.
0: Sure. So just scanning through my notes here, I didn't I didn't make any note here. Here's my thing that, which I'd learned after the first day or second day of, of uh, videos sessions uh, it's the drag and drop show right um, it's the let's let's Sherlock uh, <laughs> what are they readable right um, but I didn't make any notes in here didn't I they don't talk about drag and drop in the in didn't Craig talk about that in iOS 11 talk no or he talks about it in
1: the in the fifth thing which i think we'll get to in a little bit Let, let's, okay, finish okay. Off, let's finish off uh, ios and uh but yes a drag and drop was definitely pretty important but it's a little bit of a sneak yeah. preview for, for number five uh I can continue on some quick hits from ios they talked about indoor mapping for apple maps right yeah so of malls and airports so pretty similar i think to what google has, has done so yay because that'll be good they also talked about the lane assistance during navigation so you're driving on the highway way and you know you, it tells you to turn right it will now tell you right turn right and also make sure you stay in the second lane from the right because you're going to be making a left very soon that's something i enjoy in google maps and uh this will be great to have in apple
0: maps as well yeah uh, Waze is dumb for that too by the way is that ways doesn't tell you which lane to be in which i don't like but i you know you said google maps does right yes yes okay um carry on HomeKit they have an update for airplay oh you two. forgot to you got to do the flyby that they did the drive by they did on a carplay <laughs> oh i completely missed that well was the carplay thing so the carplay thing was, uh, was surprisingly to me that i made a note of it that there was only 200 models that have carplay built in which i mean there's got to be like thousands of models of cars out there right driving do not disturb is a new mode in i'm not sure if it's in the, on the phone so that if you're driving in a car it'll recognize that you're moving at a certain velocity and it'll it'll basically put your phone into do not disturb mode and the joke with the interface was that when you look at the interface for this do not disturb mode it's basically a black screen um, right and Right. You can, you can also opt out of that. Like if you're the passenger, you can say, no, no, I'm the passenger. Let me have my phone. And that's fine. Um, and that's kind of sort of what they said about CarPlay and driving. And then they jumped into HomeKit. So you can jump in now. Sure, sure. With, with HomeKit, they talked
1: about AirPlay 2, their sort of new protocol for doing multi-room audio. And they have a whole audio API on that. And that is sort of a spoiler for topic number six that we'll end up talking about. So keep that in mind. They also updated Apple Music, where now you have some sort of friends and profile and shared playlists. Uh, I assume is going to work very similar to the way this works on Spotify. Mm, A little less clear how it's going to work in the context of Apple Music because we don't really have a social network sort of to begin with on iOS itself or from Apple itself. And the music kit you're talking about, right? Music kit? Music kit is the other thing for music kit for accessing Apple Music um, on the device and in the cloud sort of seamlessly. This is something that I'm actually interested in tinkering with, um, at least for an app idea I've had for a little bit that I don't think I'll talk about on the show. So you can have beers with me or, or See me at a conference or something we talk about what that is um buy but, him a burrito <laughs> uh let's see moving to the next thing what else i have here they talked about the app store you know all sorts of stats yeah. the mm. app store has been redesigned so it doesn't look sort of old and tired as, as a design it's, it's new and hot and fresh for the cool kids
0: so i had a quick chat with joe poselinski when i because i downloaded ios 11 onto. i have a spare iphone 5s um that i, I just had laying around so i, I loaded up uh, um ios 11 on it yesterday and i looked at the app store and my impression is yeah okay it's got a nice clean design which is what Joe was saying he liked about it but um I find that like this whole idea of featured now kind of really obfuscates the fact that there are other apps on the app store right um I don't know if you've had a look at it yet but that was my first gut feeling about it was that you know we're going to have to do more work to do our marketing and stuff like that but uh I found like you know if you go to the app store just to look and see what's there you kind of you sort of see Monument Valley 2 and a couple of other things that are kind of being featured by Apple but what did you did you have any in, idea about the design. Tammy, do you have anything to say about this? Do you have a rant for us or something?
2: No rant, only because I played with the new app store for like maybe two minutes to go grab myself Affinity Photo and Swift Playgrounds. Right. So that was it. I jumped mm. in and jumped out.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so you let the cat out of the bag there with Affinity Photos. Um, I
2: am no good. No good, I say.
0: No, it's okay. We, we had Ash, uh, Ash... What's his last name? Loosen, I think? Loose?
2: Oh, I don't... I can't pronounce We had him. Ash
0: from Affinity Photo on Roundabout a couple of uh, months ago Talking about, and he was sort of saying, kind of dropping hints about something for the iPad coming. And he kept talking about I- Affinity Photo. Is Affinity Photo on the Mac App Store too, Tammy? Do you know?
2: Yes, it is, and I I love it on the on the on the Mac, and I love it now on the iPad, and right. it's like my new favorite app. So so go was get it
0: on the store before before Affinity Photo? Mac store before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's oh, okay. been out for a so while. So, Coming to the iPad is the new thing, right? Coming
2: to the iPad is the new thing, and it was really good to yeah. see Ash up on stage at. The WWDC. I never. I didn't expect that. So when I heard him talking, I looked over. I'm like, Hey, I know that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so they all they all, on, the, on the other Slack channel. he said, Isn't that the the roundabout guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, we, sorry, sorry, timing. Back to the back to the real thread.
2: The App Store. The App Store.
0: I mean,
1: so Tim, you're talking about the the App Store redesign. I mean, it, it, if you're an indie developer out there and you're hoping that you know this thing that you've put all your blood, sweat, and tears into will be front and center um i mean the fact of the matter is no unless they on the editorial team think oh wow they also agree that this is a great app and they feature it right it, it doesn't show a higher density of apps and i think it's been quite a long time since people have been able to just sort of casually browse through random right, right. parts of the app store and find apps there are just way too many i mean you could look at one you know per second and you probably would never finish during your lifetime is what i would guess i've not done the mess myself but like there's new apps coming out all all the time. It's just an unending problem. So from that perspective, it, it is unfortunate. I mean, of course, the, the big players like Monument Valley will will get sort of you know, their props and, and everything that you know, comes out of, you know, like Adobe and all these other big hitters. But that's that's been true of the App Store for a while. And I think what this does is it does give you sort of a nicer way to sort of put your, your best foot forward on these things. And I think Apple has been hinting at this sort of thing for a while when they started doing the, you know, several redesigns ago. And of course, also the ads as well. Right. So. Right. Pan. Is, yeah. I, know, I know folks are not super happy about that, but it, it is a way for people to find your app within the App Store, right? That, that's just sort of like a, a business reality of like you know, in the real world, you got to put out coupons or you got to have an ad on the local news channel or, or whatever the case may be. It's it's no longer the, the time at which Apple itself will be the one providing sort of the, the marketing for you, but at least they have the audience there, right? The, the fact that you are in the App Store means that somebody can download your app, so that's still great and good.
0: Joe and Charles have said on the release notes a number of times that you really got it you and we've all said this before you got just because you put an app on the app store doesn't mean you're going to sell something you have to do the website you have to do the marketing you have to do the facebook account and the twitter account and and you have to build the buzz around the product for people to find it because you know like it's just it's gone discover app discovery on the app store is kind of i think like you're saying has been gone for a while that said another thing that they added this this turnaround with um with the app store is the ability to feature in-app purchases which i thought was kind of interesting did you have any thoughts on that
1: i mean i'm kind of curious to see what that ends up looking like for different kinds of apps because let's back up just a half step and talk about the fact that they separated out games and apps so they're actually right. two yes. different tabs which yeah. i think is it's about time because although games are technically apps they're really not apps right they're right, right. they there it's like you know squares and rectangles right I mean, you know every square is a rectangle but not every rectangle is a square and i think that's true <laughs> of games of like games just operate a completely different sort of level. Their business model is completely different uh, from everything else in the app store. If you're a productivity app, if you're a music app, your lifestyle app, all of those things have enough differences. And then way out there on Pluto is games in terms of like how close these things are. Same solar system, but not even vaguely related. So I think that's good because if you're the type of person that's going in for games, you're going to go to the games tab and you're going to have a more focused experience around games. If you're going to look for other kinds of apps, productivity and, and lifestyle. Of shopping, that sort of thing, you can go into this other more focused experience. So I think that's good, right? Because, you know, if I'm looking for a great shopping app, I really don't need to see Minecraft. Like, okay, of course Minecraft is there, but that's that's great in the games world. This is this other world that I think is going to, you know, affect a little bit of what you'll see in, in these different lists. So I think that's good. And and, and for games, I think, you know, uh, mentioning what the, you know, the featuring the, oh, uh, get like a season pass to, I don't know, like Monument Valley. I don't know if I have some sort of downloadable content sort of thing or or, or other bits. It might make sense. You might say, oh, uh, this is the kind of app that looks like it has really cool stuff. I don't mind paying for the app purchase. For productivity, I kind of wonder how it's going to work. I mean, are you going to put forth your, like, subscription model or, um, <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, oh, you get to, to, to the pro version? Feature, yeah. like,
1: I, I, it's less clear to me how, like, cool or exciting that featuring will be. But it's good that it's there.
0: So, the big moment, of course, Mark's not here for the big reveal, but they announced Core ML, which is machine learning tools for for, um, ios and for mac os and so on and so forth right indeed yeah so i don't know if I, I don't know if you i guess you said you haven't seen the sessions but i so i went to the core ml session and it's pretty much like they've made it uh they they use a um a third party uh utility or library for a lot of the machine learning but they kind of hook it up for you you kind of you opt you opt into using core ml and uh, you feed in a few things and depending on what kind of in the demo they that they ran depending on the kind of uh learning library you you added your your file you may add something that might be twenty megabytes or fifty me- or five megabytes, depending on what the algorithm is that you want to use. And interesting, uh, and you'll find this interesting. Uh, time is that they they did a, a flower uh, detecting app as their as their example app, right? Um, you know, and so it, it is pretty simple to. I, I'm sure. I mean, I've already seen one thing, one guy on Twitter who's ordered something with. Oh, it was VR. Sorry, never mind that. But um, yeah, it's interesting that that it's that simple. It's you know, like you know, Apple has been. We've had machine learning, you know, in different phases all around the world and and google had google's io had a lot of emphasis on machine learning and i think apple has it has it too and you know and we've talked about you know photos having machine learning in it before and uh they they did they did uh, siri uses machine learning as well so um yeah it's pretty pretty sweet little technology they've added for another tool for us to basically get you know make some neat apps with right indeed i don't know what did they demo with uh on the keynote i can't remember now or is that the for vision core api ML. oh vision api and language detection i think those are part of core ml right i think that's probably where they demonstrated that. Yeah, yeah.
2: And yes, it is technically part of that.
0: Oh. And then we get to the pirating r. That's our <laughs> kit or, or AR kit if you're not a pirate. Yeah. So what do you want to tell us? What do you know about our AR kit? I mean, well, it's
1: it's Apple's sort of first official foray into augmented reality. That's the AR. And I think last episode we were talking about you know, what were our predictions, and AR kit is one of those things that I was predicting. But what I didn't know is which route were they going to go? Were they going to go the Google route where google's ar is trying to understand the world you know you hold up the camera and it shows you oh uh, this thing is uh, or this thing i'm looking at is a restaurant and here's the relevant yelp review and here's the hours of operation and their menu and all sorts of things or the facebook route where facebook's camera system uh, and also for instagram is trying to be more like snapchat where you're overlaying the world and putting um experiences there that don't actually exist it could be funny face filters it could be uh, i think the give an example of ikea where you're you know showing like what would this furniture look like in my actual room sort of thing without having actual sort of headsets that you're wearing this is still sort of free form using your iphone or your ipad to to do that and um well they they went with the latter spoilers they went with the canvas side where oh man they've got really good looking (laughs) ar that that looks really easy to to use i've i've only seen what they showed in the keynote and the platform say the union there of course was also a session that i don't know i've seen people um on twitter showing off these different things that they did sounds it like it's relatively easy to do, so I think it's great. It's another tool in our tool belt, yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, that was the, one of the tweets I saw was a guy had taken his Strava data and put it, mapped it onto a table in front of you, and then you could sort of move around it and see his ride, as it were. It looks sort of on the detailed on the on the topographic uh, mountains and stuff like that. So that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. So, which brings us to another piece of hardware that we uh, we predicted. So by the way, how did we do on our? We had six things we had predicted, more or less. I think you were keeping count during the during the podcast or during the uh, keynote. But did you? I I didn't keep track of everybody else. Four for six or something like that? Predictions. Let's see. So so far I
1: had AR kit, which great. I I got that one. I mentioned third party watch faces, which did not happen. So boo on that. Boo. And two of the other picks we will get to when we get to step six, because right now it sounds Ah. like Tim, you want
0: to go to step number five and that is the iPad. Oh, is that number five? Oh I'm lost now. Okay, yeah, step number five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the iPad. But I'm going in order, right? Yeah. So yeah, they came out with a, a an ipad uh 10.5 inch with which gives them a wider like less less edge edge on the uh, edges you know but what do you call the frame around the outside of the uh the bezel the uh, screen yeah the bezel yeah, sure um the one pound um i'm kind of cur- furring my brow right now because they said it had a full size keyboard or i guess the screen was big enough to have a full size keyboard i have an ipad pro 9.7 and i have a 12.9 is that right um mm-hmm. and they always <laughs> get that mixed up why can't they just make it half an inch oh they did never mind Mind. um but uh yeah like my, <laughs> there's my, another my number big... <laughs> for you to remember because remember it used to be 9.7 and 12.9 I, I actually lid that in my head because you, you taught me that trick before <laughs> and,
1: and even apple itself like the the presenter said 13 inches like mm, it's not really no, 13 inches i think you're okay. stealing uh, a little bit there but okay I, it right. could be 12.9 is close enough to 13 inches
0: yeah but what's interesting about it of course and it has full-size keyboard arguably has true tone which the 9.7 had and i'm saying this in past tense because we have to have a memorial in a few minutes uh, the pr6 uh, color space um as well so that and so what happened is it's not the 12.9 that got replaced it's the 9.7 that got replaced by the 10.5 are you still with me effectively so, yes so you have two ipad pros a big one with with without true <laughs> true tone and without pr6 i don't well i'm not sure if it has a pr6 i don't think it does and then um and then you got this one because the 9.7 had the better color and the better uh, better uh, uh, ambient adjustments right which is true tone so yeah so the the low the low-end model of the pro series is now the 10.5 so and that was a short life that that other one lived mind you i guess it was april of last year april 2016 yeah so i guess a full year and a bit year and a half and which you know now i think about it 18 months was the old re- replacement cycle back in the day when uh, when they were on a regular regular replacement cycle so, there you go yeah so promotion i apparently i've been saying promotion wrong all my life it's promotion. <laughs> if you capitalize the M in the middle, yes, it becomes ProMotion TM. Probably I didn't check the slide to see if it was like that. Yeah, yeah. So what is ProMotion?
1: My understanding is that it's the way that they're going to make the screen refresh adaptable. So normally right, you'd have yeah. something at 60 hertz. This goes up to 120. But there are cases where you don't need that speed, right? They, they mention sort of the step down where you're viewing a movie where you wouldn't want that full speed because right, right. as like, what is it? The Hobbit that was 48 frames? Per second, So the typical twenty four, it looked oh, a little is it really? weird wow. to folks. Wow. Um, hmm. And then, of course, the other thing is, if you're looking at a still image, you really don't need to refresh anything even right, close right. to that amount of speed because you're, you're just burning time and energy for that. So that, that's part of what I wrote on on promotion pro. Right. So, and
0: so the one twenty uh, frames per second—that's for the uh, high end gaming, right, Timmy? Yeah, Tem? mostly
2: for the VR. I was I was on mute. Sorry, <laughs> mostly <laughs> yeah. for the VR. Yeah,
0: right, right, yeah. So, the, and this is one that has the new a10x processor with six cores three for one thing and three for another which i didn't capture in my notes i don't know if you guys did um apparently thirty percent faster than the a9s right so that mm-hmm. yeah, was cool
1: yeah more upgrades right like the, the camera does 4k video a facetime camera that's been upgraded and image stabilization and of course it comes in all sorts of wonderful flavors of storage spaces i think up to 512 gigabytes i think is what i wrote. really that's wow it's crazy um, but then i think they start talking about the software side of the ipad yeah. and i think tim that's where you were talking about earlier about drag and drop yes. and other things that go with that
0: oh was it okay well so the, this is where ash hewson apologized for not getting his name earlier he was a guest on roundabout he's the sales manager managing director or something like that i think started out in the in the shipping area and worked his way up over 20 years and now he's the um, managing director is that correct i mean, or sorry tammy
2: that is correct from what i remember yeah
0: so he works for serif is the name of the company right and they produce Affinity Draw and now Affinity Pro Photo Af- on the iPad. Affinity Designer. Affinity Designer. What did I say? Ah, whatever. Draw. <laughs> Didn't say Quark Express. That's all. Um, (laughs) So, anyway, so uh, another note about this thing. uh, USB 3.0 charging on the um, iPad 10.5, which now another fur bra moment. Did they mention that it doesn't have lightning cable? It must have lightning cable for the old folks who are using the old computers. Thoughts? That is a really good question. I don't actually remember what that port looked like. It does offer fast charging. I don't recall if
1: it offered uh, what the particular port looked like. Yeah, I uh, I
0: remember the comment about uh, USB 3.0, and I, I was paying attention to something shiny at the time, and... And I was going to ask you guys if you caught that moment. Maybe our fans could let us know with an Ask NTJC tag, right?
1: Well, I'll use negativity as the barometer where it almost certainly has to be a lightning port because if it wasn't, there would be people freaking out left and right about fragmentation of ports if it was USB-C, as an example.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. So the new chargers that come with your MacBook Pros are USB-C cables, right? So you've got the brick and then you've got a USB-C port on on The brick, so you no longer have the little wings that you can wrap the cord around, right? And <laughs> so that goes so it's USB C on the brick and it's USB C on the Mac. So this makes sense that it would be a USB 3 charge because then you would have a, a USB C on the brick and then you would have a, a lightning on the other end for the iPad, and then you could use that with your MacBook Pro because it would be a USB C cable, right? True. And with the fast
1: charging, you could probably just charge up the iPad really fast and then turn sure. your attention back towards the MacBook,
0: yeah. I well, mm-hmm. one thing I can say about my my. Um, my MacBook, my, sorry, my MacBook, my iPad Pro 12.7 is. Um, it takes a long time to charge, and it's sitting here on the desk, and I probably haven't used it in a couple of days, and it's and it's losing power as I'm looking at it, so it's kind of like. It's a very very strange power. It, I mean, it does last for a good long time, a better than the phone does. But I, it does sort of have some weird sort of compared to other iPads uh, power uh, power habits, right? So, anyway, that brings us to the big uh, the big giant uh, elephant in the room, which is not going to be available till much later. You want to tell us what that is, Jaime? Or we jump in time here to number six? Uh, is that was number six was the was the the, the, the cat scratch post? Indeed, the uh, what was previously called the Siri speaker
1: because nobody knew a better name. Apple apparently has a better one, and they're calling it the HomePod. Wait, wait, Home wait. Pod. Let that Ooh. sit in there.
2: Better one? I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> better? <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. you can't see because this is an audio-only medium. Better? I've got air quotes.
2: Oh, okay, going that's right better. here.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, you're supposed to say the air quotes. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Better than than Siri speaker is HomePod. Apparently, because well, if you remember, of course, the iPod, the original Pod, was based on audio, and they've also had the ear pods followed by the Air pods both of which are buds that put music right into your delightful ears and now they have the home pod because it plays music and it is in your home as opposed to being right out on the bus right. right you're not going to carry this in your backpack right mm-hmm. this uh well so, so this gets sort of back to the the other prediction i had of, about the series speaker and and what it would be there and i don't know i'm going to give myself 50 percent credit on on this one because <laughs> it's it's yes and no in terms of whether this is what i thought it was going to be the, Yes, is the fact that it does include Siri as an assistant that you can use with HomeKit and integrate into your life. No, in that they really de-emphasized Siri. It was kind of a oh by the way, there's Siri. Okay, thanks. Bye. At the very tail yeah, end. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. So
1: everything was more like oh, this is a high-end speaker, and they did everything except say Sonos's name as a this is Sonos, um, you know, competitor with an Apple branded logo on
0: it. Right, right. You think? Oh, okay. So, so well, see, I, I. I saw your comments on Twitter. I think on on Slack about this, but I think that it comes down to they they don't you know how they only they don't discuss technology before it gets released kind of thing. So I think that my prediction may be that that uh, what do you call it in Alexa where you have the uh, sketches or whatever you can do for Alexa um, skills skills yeah I, I think there okay. is going to be a skills equivalent for the HomePod. In fact, who knows maybe we can get lucky and get a developer HomePod. Mm-hmm. You know so we can get to play around with it.
2: Not before I get my developer iMac Pro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot. We need to develop our iMac Pro. Tim, if you're listening, make sure that happens, right? All right, Mr. Cook. I mean, going down sort of
1: the things that you talked about, it is something that has uh, seven beam beamforming I mean, tweeters, so it will use that plus the six microphone array to sort of try to understand the shape and layout of your room so that it, it can sort of really fill the room with
0: high-quality audio here, right? So it's Oh, so the tweeter does that, yeah. Okay. It's
1: a little bit distinct from the Amazon Echo or the Google home and that both of those, they do have speakers and they are okay. No one's going to call them good. They're the sort of things that you right, hook up right. to a legitimate sound system. And in this case, the sound system is the home pod. So it's kind of a, a different approach. Uh, of course it integrates with Apple music. And as of this recording, nobody is really sure if it's only Apple music, like could I play mm. Spotify or Pandora on there? Nobody really knows yet. But as of this point, of, of course it's got Apple music because that makes sense. Um, it also has, um, the ability to play podcasts. So perhaps in the future, if you buy one of these, you can listen to this wonderful podcast. And it has the ability to play po-
0: podcast. I thought you were kidding about that.
1: No, that, they actually called that out. So I was like, yay, more than just code and roundabout, listen to both the <laughs> release notes <laughs> and other friends of the show yeah. that I'm probably forgetting. Um, <laughs> and it does have uh, the home assistant Siri on there. You can ask it sort of typical things like how's the weather, sports scores, that sort of stuff that you would want to do. They really emphasize the fact that this is something that's going to try to protect your privacy in that, um, uh, very similar to the Google Home and the Amazon Echo, nothing is sent to Apple until it recognizes the fact that you said, Hey, followed by the word Siri. So it's not sort of right, actively, right. you know, streaming stuff to Apple, uh, you know, having conversations or you're making all sorts of bodily noises in your room sort of thing. Um, and it also apparently uses some sort of anonymous ID when it sends the request. So unlike the Echo and unlike the Google Home, this isn't from what I can tell personalized. It, it's more of a, you know, like, like a anonymized Oracle that you're sort of talking too so i'll be interested to see how, how that sort of works out right. and uh <laughs> They mentioned that they mentioned all sorts of crazy pricing things. I'm not even going to r- repeat because I think they were absurd. But their their main point was, don't be shocked by this price, which is $349 US. It will be available in December in the United States, the UK, and the Australia continent. And I have no idea why New Zealand and Canada and other various former British colonies in it on there. I mean, they figured out how to pump the U's for the UK. I'm pretty sure right. they can do that for Canada as well. Maybe there's something behind there. Um, notably, what they didn't talk about, which gets too much... My, my other pick of like, oh, maybe they'll have an advanced cloud kit where we can do you know server-side Swift hosted through Apple stuff. None of that. They didn't talk about any of that, and they, they didn't even really hint at the fact that it would be you know expandable in the future, which is a little bit weird considering that it's a developer conference that this is at, and it, it has me sort of wondering what I'll end up doing on this because before when I was making my predictions, I was like, all right, this is Apple, you know what what should the assistant or, should, or should, what should the speaker cost? I'm like, well, the competitors are around. Let's Say 199 for what the Amazon Echo debuted at. All right, 199. Um, oh, it's going to have you know nicer audio. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me take that into account. Oh, and it's Apple, so it's already 100 dollars more expensive. So okay, so it goes <laughs> up to at least from 199 to 299, nicer audio. All right, 349 is what I was predicting, and I was right on the nose. Um, but since they didn't talk about the developer story, it has me sort of hesitant of like, okay, do I want to buy one of these or not? I mean, if it was a series speed speaker and it's something that's going to be extensible and you can write code for it and you know become a true you know virtual assistant competitor I think it'd be all in on it for sure since they didn't talk about it I'm like well do I really need like a high quality speaker like I've, I've got speakers I don't really need to replace them if it's not right. extensible um, I don't know if I will, will buy that so that's where I think they really need to answer that story because at least for somebody like me who's a big fan of these kinds of things I should be saying holy smokes here's my money take it now instead I'm like Uh, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether I'm going to buy this or not.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. Was there anything else at WWDC? Like I said, I got kicked out of the room. So
1: no, that's where they, they ended up at least in the keynote talking about, you know, all their various stuff. Um, Right. I I find it a little bit interesting in the way that they're approaching it, whether it kind of feels like the reason they de-emphasized Siri and didn't have even a story that says, Oh yeah. And then you'll be able to expand this. You know, we're not not ready to talk about your WWDC. We'll do some tech talks or something. It kind of feels like an admission that Siri is in fact behind what Google and Amazon are doing, and even Apple itself knows. Otherwise, it Mm. was a very sort of tepid step into that direction, where it feels more like, well, we can sell a high-end speaker. Great, you don't need Siri for that. It doesn't need to be HomeKit enabled. Why would it be? Why don't I just use my iPhone to do the HomeKit stuff or my iPad or my Apple TV? What like what what does this bring to the table if not for the fact that it can be a, a speaker assistant? So that one's a little bit odd. I feel like it was a more muddled story than, than I think they should have gone in with. Mm-hmm.
0: So do you think we have time to whip through the platform state of the union? What do you think? Cause that could be almost as long as what we just did for the keynote.
1: Yeah. Let me look at my notes here. Um, it's not as long as the keynote. Uh, I didn't write as
0: many notes. I only have three and a half pages on it. <laughs> what are you, Tammy?
2: I saw it, and I can't remember a darn thing from it, but I know as soon as one of you guys mentions it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah,
2: Because I've yeah. been watching as many live sessions as I can.
0: So, okay, so this is a developer podcast, I like to think. So let me let me whip through it, right? So, well, I mean, refactoring. Hello.
2: Okay. Oh, and Xcode 9. We didn't talk about that at all.
0: No, I mean, that came into... The the platform state of the union, which again is the real po- real keynote for developers. Yeah, so they did demo refactoring. Rest- it's back to where kind of where they treated it like it was brand new because yes, it's working in Swift, and that should be given all kinds of kudos. It took some of the UI enhancements that they used in Swift playgrounds, like you know when you when you grab a block of code, it kind of highlights the scope with this new sort of graphic that came out of the play- playgrounds. Uh, but yeah, so now you can grab a, a chunk of code that you have and you can extract it out to a its own standalone function, and it'll create a callback call to it uh, inside of uh, where where it originally was coming from. So that's kind of cool. That was we had that in, in Objective C, I think in Xcode six. Let's say maybe earlier because um, I remember teaching people about that kind of stuff. Um, so they th- and they've open sourced the Refractor Engine, which is kind of cool. Um, another piece that they talked about in the platform state of the union was the, what's new in Swift four. We kind of talked about that last week because, and even in the intro to Swift talk, they said that post that we, I think we quoted. About uh, from Oleg, who did the Swift playground. They talked about that right off top of the thing. Said that's exactly. If you've seen that before, you've seen what we're going to show. So they, you know, kind of went through strings and Graphene number nine and different kind of performance enhancements there. Um, they talked about the codable, a new codable product um, protocol, which allows a number of enhancements to archiving and unarchiving, and also uh, in use of dealing with products or types, data types like JSON, which are loosely typed. You know, which always sort of conflict with with Swift is a strongly-type thing. Codable, codable protocol may, now makes it easier to deal with those kind of things. So mm-hmm. um, building large mix-and-match Objective-C uh, platforms, they've improved the the, um, uh, the build engine, so that that's now 40% faster. Uh, new indexers, uh, that can still run in the background, but uh, I think you can do multiple indexes at a time, if I recall. The new build system layers on top of LL build, Um so they have a new build system and build tools. Um, something that's not really relevant to me because I work with Bitbucket, but they've now built in GitHub access and source control directly into Xcode. So they refine the Xcode even more. Um, A guy named Mike Ferris came up and did demos of all the cool features that are now in Xcode. Um, Yeah, that one's pretty nice. So we use GitHub
1: Enterprise and I've used GitHub before and and that integration is really super nice, especially because if you set up your Xcode account, sorry, your GitHub account within Xcode, you then get the open in Xcode Right, button yeah. on the web which is really nice because nothing else that saves me the trouble of cloning or downloading the repo just so I can go investigate what's going on with you know some open source project
0: right and they probably probably put in a proper gitignore file which was which is always something you had to add to yourself if you, if you were manually dealing with uh, with github projects um, they have new sanitizers um, they, they had two things before but the two new ones they added in here are the undefined behavior sanitizer and uh, a new one called main thread API check uh, which by the way, is enabled by default. So it, it, and I, uh, do you know how to explain those, Tammy, at all?
1: Sure, because I trip up on this all the time. But imagine you're doing something in the background, let's say like a network request, and then you want the results of that network request to do something like, let's say, update the database or in this case for the main thread, update your UI. Well, it's a big no-no to update the something that's on the main thread, like UI stuff from background threads, and you will get penalized, and I know this very, very well because I do it all the time time, despite knowing better. Um, if you try to do this, you'll end up wondering like, huh, isn't it not doing anything? What's going on? And then 10 seconds later, roughly, you'll say, oh, there's the result I wanted. Oh, dumb me. Yes, obviously this thing is not going to get called and updated because I didn't update on the main thread. So this will give you a warning saying like, oh, hey, by the way, you're trying to update something on the main thread from a background thread. You're sure, going to have yeah, to do yeah. the little dispatch async dispatch main sort of dance to get yourself back on there.
0: Right, right. And, and this the feature is enabled by default. That's another key point about. About that. Um, they went on to testing and integration. Um, Xcode Server is now built into Xcode, so you don't have to have an X server which, or Mac Pro or whatever to run that on another machine. You can now run it directly in your own machine. Um, and you can re- UI test multiple apps at a time. And apparently, the UI testing algorithms or whatever are three times faster. Maybe they're using Core ML. I don't know. Um, I can only guess. <laughs> I mean, you can but... <laughs> parallelize
1: tests on devices. You can run multiple simulator sessions, which is great because I'm yeah, yeah, trying cool, to yeah. see what does this look like? On the iPhone SE, okay, great. What does it look like on the Seven Plus? Oh, look, there's a great full rebuild, and it's wiping out everything I'm doing. When I just literally want to see both, like I know that storyboards and the whole way it previews that stuff makes it so you don't have to do as much of that just to sort of get UI working. But sometimes they really want to see how does it actually look, and not just the preview. They've added the bezel back, right?
0: Hmm. Right, right. Oh, 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 oh,
2: oh, 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 oh. Wait,
0: wireless development. Yeah, now that's totally a huge develop one. without plugging in a lightning cable well you can i heard I mean, it's a little the,
2: slow though has anyone actually tried it of the three of us because no, i have haven't but no. i have heard it was slow so the,
0: have the, the demoed and it they have not can they qualify
1: slow like does it depend on the size of your ipa or oh that could be a factor yeah or is there just sort of like look you're, you're paying a 10 second penalty no matter what for startup sort of thing like what i think it was the latter
2: of that uh, what the most disturbing thing i heard was i think i'll wait till they get this a little bit better
1: right right
2: yeah, yeah but at well, least it's an I mean,
1: option right it wasn't before. So if you, you were out at a coffee shop and you forgot your bag of dongles, what were you going to do before? Oh, I guess, I guess I'm not testing on device right now. Whereas now you actually have a, perhaps not quick way of doing this, but a possible way of doing it.
2: I can't wait to try it out.
0: I so joined the What's New in Xcode session today, I think it was, or yesterday. And they demoed how how pretty much it's like you just click a button, you have this little globe thing that appears. Both As long as both devices are on the same network, um, it, it will work. If, um, if And if you're in a corporate network like I tend to work in, you can actually also just uh, hit it by by um, by IP address, so you can actually query it that way. And you can also connect to an Apple TV. That's another b- main advantage for me. Is I guess one of the one of the stoppers for me with with developing on the IT Apple TV is that in order to you know they gave you the six foot long uh, USB cable, but you know who, how many people's couches are like six feet long, six feet away from their Apple TV, right? So wireless development work works well with, in that way. Um, oh, and this is this must be where we where we got to the Dragon and drop portion of the show here, I maybe mean, because we talked about the in the IP, I, API section about this new drag and drop API, um, and it's it literally is I saw saw a couple of uh, talks on that today. It's pretty simple to add, um, so uh, easy and safe to use, um, and very similar to the you know creates a snapshot when you when you tap on something and you drag over to another application. That other application has to have the ability to receive um, what you're gonna the data you're going to drop, and uh, so there's like a whole bunch of different protocols like there's cancel there's if somebody gives up and they have all these pre-made animations that happen when you do drag and drop but you can also customize them with your own animations that's kind of cool so if you haven't seen the drag and drop stuff it's kind of interesting uh, to see that um, what else
1: yeah that thing was that? really well done I, I only saw that sort of displayed in the what's new in Cocoa Touch right. session that I've been able to get to and sort of the short of it is if you understand how gesture recognizers work you know conceptually you understand how this drag delegate works. It's pretty much the same kind of thing.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and They talked about, uh, and of course Eliza was demoing that in the intro to Cocoa Touch. Um, APFS cloning, they talked about that really quickly. Um, and then, yeah, they demoed how you can drag items on an iPad, uh, can drag between different applications. And they had this old, sort of like, you know, um, I was watching their hands and when they were demoing this. Was, I think Craig did demo this too, right? Um, but the sort of, all the sort of gestures you have to do, and it, it looked really, really strange. I don't think my mom could ever learn how to drag and drop um yeah, the yeah multi, so you- like
1: true multi-touch there right where you're dragging an item and then you use another hand or finger to tap another item that then becomes part of the drag like there's all these nifty cool sort of power user moves that i kind of wonder how they deal with from an accessibility standpoint like, right if, right but if i only have one hand so if i don't have any hands like how, how does that work And <laughs> like, apple's i mean it sounds crazy right but like apple's really good at accessibility and i'm really wondering maybe how maybe drag, and, drag and, drop and drop works for them maybe, maybe Maybe. So drag maybe up, like yeah. select this thing, now drag it, and drop it to this other thing, maybe? I don't know. somebody knows it there, give us a shout-out on uh, hashtag AskMTJC.
0: <laughs> sure. So the uh, UI drag protocol is a protocol is struggling to have, and there's a UI collection view drag-and-drop as well. And so anything's like things like um, table views and collection views that already have all these kind of animations, I think these kind of work pretty pretty seamlessly with that. Adobe came out and demonstrated drag-and-drop in their Adobe Sketch product, and then once they had the drawing finished, they were able to drag it and drop into other places so then we come to a one weird thing which is this giant title bar thing that they've gone with um and it has to do with self-sizing cells and that kind of stuff and they've moved some of the the refresh animation and things like that up into this into this giant title bar and you know as you scroll down the page it kind of squishes down to a standard size um what we would think of as a standard size title bar so i'm I, i'm not sure it's kind of, to me it looks something like something you would do on the web with a with a um a, what do you called, uh, it begins with a P, uh, Parallel... Like a progressive that? web app? Yeah, no, it's called... Um, It'll come back to me in a minute. But yeah, it's it's kind of like a web drag where you, know, you drag and, you're, and you're, you have your big fat logo at the top of your page, and as you start to scroll down, it squishes into a little tiny one. So I don't know why Apple's gone that way. I guess, I don't, what do I know? Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, and it has to do with cell sizing cells. And if you've adopted size classes and, and auto layout and, all, and standard um, storyboard kind of pro- processes then you get this for free. So, you know, it it already comes out of the can. Um, Yeah, it's
1: part of the whole new design language. So for those of you trying to visualize it, so if you remember what, let's see, Apple News and Apple Music on iOS 10 look like, where they have the very, very large title kind of off to the side, it's left aligned, a very large navigation bar. And then now they, as Tim mentioned, they have the search controller sort of integrated right into that. And as you scroll content out of the way, it squishes back down into what's sort of a normal Size. I don't I haven't looked pixel per pixel to see if it's actually the same size as an existing navigation bar. I think it's slightly smaller. It reminds me more, for the animation wise at least, of, of squishing the bar out of the way. It kind of looks like the Facebook app on iOS, and, and there's certainly other apps <laughs> that do this too. But that's the one that comes to mind. Of you know, you've got this sort of fat title bar at the top, and then it scrolls out of the way as you scroll, you know, down into your content. And if you scroll back up, it sort of comes back into play. I don't, yeah. I don't know exactly where they're going with it. I'm not sure. It, it seems to hint at something, that is going to be going on with the, you know, the upcoming iPhone in the fall. Um, when I look at this design language, it looks very reminiscent of material design on Android where you have a very large title. It's left a line. You have you know, other things going on with the toolbar. Um, from the What's New in Cocoa Touch session, they were talking about the fact that you have new layout guides. So if you're familiar in auto layout of having the top layout guide and the bottom layout guide, you actually really should be switching over to the, what is it like, safe, safe area? Safe area. Is one of the new guides. features
0: we about, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and you end up getting a lot of the stuff for free, which is which is great. It's a weirdo name of safe area because it sounds like a panic room or a safe space where you know bad well, things are not going to happen to you.
0: Let me say this about that: we've had safe area in print and publish forever because when you're talking about binding uh, a, a, a book, a piece of paper, whatever, sometimes you end up having to make the paper sizes actually smaller in in the process of cutting the, pa- the paper down. So there's always sort of been this concept of, of safe area, and if you're doing a billboard advertisement or something that's going to be framed above a urinal, for instance, uh, print ads, you know, like that kind of stuff, you want to be, make sure that you've got enough uh, area around the frame. So that idea of having a buffer all the way around your ad content and your, your wording or whatever, you don't want that to get cut off. So we've already sort of had that, and um, it also keeps it away from the the edge of the screen where where a lot of UI gestures and that kind of stuff happen, right, like the swiping down and swiping up and that kind of stuff to get the notifications or the control panel and that kind of stuff um, and the one other thing too about the very important thing is on televisions because TVs um, they don't actually uh, they, there's always an over what they call an over buffer or an overrun where the image kind of bleeds up to the edge because the monitor itself is going to crop that in so you don't want your content you know running off into the edge which is going to be cut off by the television so that's where safe error comes from in my mind and that's kind of sort of what they're doing here with with for uh, with this new concept here in, in uh, iOS 11 right
1: oh cool so, I learned some today I'll I, I thought it was a weird name, but if it actually comes from the print design world, then what yeah, you just explained makes a yeah. lot of sense. A lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Oh, I was going to say, I, the, the the thing that it does seem to hint at is that the larger phones are sort of the focus, right? right? right like right. The, if you're a iPhone SE, if you love the four inch phone, the design of iOS is kind of leaving you behind. And I know that's unfortunate because there are many folks who sort of like the smaller form factor, but from what I can tell, this eats up a lot of visual real estate state sure, so yeah. it seems like you got to go at least to the oh what is the seven four point four point seven five inches is mm-hmm. that what it is um yeah. or or the five and a half inch plus or whatever the aspect ratio is or whatever, whatever the size the is ends up being for the iphone 8 iphone 10 iphone super expensive edition whatever it turns up being it's going to be a large phone uh, no smaller than i think the, uh, screen size you know, regardless of how big the body is you know, with regards to right. the bezel screen size is going to be at least iPhone 7 size. So it kind of seems like that's the wave of the future for Apple's design language.
0: Yeah. So before we move on, because we kind of skipped ahead a bit, was this new concept of files? And they've now built in a document browser. Um, I made my first folder yesterday. I feel so empowered, you know, um, that I was able to make a folder and put a note inside that folder, you know. or <laughs> um, <laughs> So they've got this. And I think next year they're going kind to of come up with desktop. I've said that a number of times. But um, yeah, so it's kinda, kind of a cool little uh, um, item there. And you can have folders in your notes app and I guess in your, I don't know where else you can have folders, but it may have something to do with the drag and drop paradigm as well, right? So. Yeah, I mean they've also got the files app that is
1: like right. Finder, but you know for iOS, so it's got iOS in mind. Uh, we kind of skipped over now that I think about it, the fact that they showed off this whole um, more Mac, macOS style doc for the iPad where you can slide it up from the
0: bottom. The app strip, right? Yeah, that's a, sort of the doc. That's actually the next thing that comes up on my notes. Oh
1: really? I remember the app strip being talked about for iMessage apps, where instead of kind of wondering where in the world is that sticker pack, you can sort of look at the strip and bring it up sort of seamlessly. Instead of oh, which of these weirdo icons do I need to press to go to the app store for message you know, message apps for sticker packs sort of thing? Is that what they actually call the the?
0: I th- I've got app strip in my notes here, so I kind of wonder what that is. Yeah, that, is that only on the iPad Pro or the iPad or iPads in general? Or I think I don't know. I have, I've not loaded the app strip or that little that little dock let's call it the dock for now for mm-hmm. lack of a better term a little, you're talking about a little dock where you had like four or five icons in it right
1: yeah and it's got the predictive area as well where it sort of thinks you might be using things so if you imagine the mac os dock that shows sort of you know all these apps that are there and it, it, you can have it come up at any point that you want. well
0: hey wait a minute now if they're, they're going to come out with an iphone that has a touch id under the glass and the display goes top to bottom they're going to need somewhere to put your app icons like a dock yeah and and more like a legitimate sort of dock that they MacOS
1: system has rather than the four icon four.
0: Yeah, I think it's four. Yeah, I'm
1: embarrassed. Yeah, like four four icons that you can't. Move around that are just sort of like in their own special place, sort of thing, right? That they act different. It's like a predefined area, as opposed to Dock. Where I can have the yeah. Dock on macOS hide itself, and then when I need it, I can go to a particular screen edge, right. and it sort of just shows its, itself.
0: Six, a- six apps on the uh, six apps on the iPad, four apps on the iPhone.
1: Yeah, so definitely bringing up you know some of these macOS concepts to iOS, and, and at least particularly for the iPad, um, which is interesting. Like there were some folks I think who take it differently. I've seen two different approaches to React to this one was, but they said that they would never, you know, that, that you wouldn't want to have Mac OS on, you know, the iPhone or iPad, that it's, it's different and simplified. And I, I can see that approach. Um, on the other side, there's folks like, oh, well, we've been dealing with files and folders for 35 years. It's not that hard. It's great. They've got it. I would say no to that one, because if you've ever done technical support through any of your less tech savvy family members, nobody, like he says with air quotes here, nobody outside of like, you know, normal technical savvy folks understands how files work. Right. Right. nine times out of ten everybody's got stuff either sitting on their desktop or sitting in like their documents folder there's no concept of <laughs> hierarchy it's just like this weird random mess of things I appreciate the fact that iOS doesn't force you to have to learn what file systems seem like and how stuff like the finder works but yeah. now they're moving away from the dogmatic thing of oh you can't understand it so don't even bother like no <laughs> if you want if you want to go into the advanced mode if you understand how files and file systems work great go make folders you know this is my work folder or this is project a and this is project B right go have fun it, I think it's great that, that that they sort of like they have it on rails for most people who sort of need you know bumper guards to make sure they don't hurt themselves and for the people who know what they're doing getting out of their way is what I think this new paradigm is doing
0: right so were you so have did you use classic Mac at all I, mean? I like used I used iOS Mac. 9
1: or so you see Mac OS 9 and, and system seven times oh,
0: it was called system nine yeah 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 uh, or Mac probably. OS 9. yeah no, you're right. Probably, I remember the old the old Mac stuff in the
1: like computer lab in school and doing Reader Rabbit stuff. I don't I don't think that was Mac OS. There was 10,
0: there was a real so. sort of there was a real sort of stigma around. A friend of mine used to always say, "Don't keep files on your desktop," because one of the things we have to, used to have to do all the time, which is sort of a re-indexing, was called rebuilding the desktop, right? And it didn't had nothing to do with files on your desktop. It had to do with with uh, you know reindexing icons and resources and stuff like that, and what which file goes with what app and that kind of thing, right? And when they were created and fixing those kind of sort of metadata issues up right but yeah so it's kind of uh that's it's kind of funny to hear you say that people didn't know what they because they didn't know what they were doing back then either so <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's really weird like I, I understand how these things work i don't shove everything on the desktop i
1: have things neatly organized but i know the reality is a lot of people don't and it's not unique to mac os go check out people who are using windows devices and oh look everything's on their desktop too because that's the default saving space so when you right. go into something like a word processor and you're like oh i want to save my term paper, or I want to save the letter that I'm writing to my, you know, my local government member, You're probably saving it on the desktop because that's what, or my documents or whatever the default thing is. And you probably have an enormous mess of icons and files there. And I think that's what Apple was trying to address before. Again, I'm still really happy that they're helping those folks who don't know how that works or don't need to know how it works. But for folks who want a little bit more control, now we have finer grain control. Sure. Okay.
0: They have another page and a half of notes to go through here. So let's whip through it. Um, yeah, I just have one one line comment here that says SiriKit. I think that's pretty pretty much what they said, like you said before. Uh, they had a f- bunch of photo imaging APIs that came by. Um, they talked about f- uh, photo project extensions. Uh, QR codes are now uh, sort of first class citizens in iOS 11. I'm going to skip past all mm-hmm. of the compression stuff. We can talk about that some other time. So I want to get down to the the um, well one thing. Just I think last year last uh, last year last episode I mentioned that my theory behind the two cameras was one. Was, and it is that one is wide and one's telly, but that's how they were able to do the depth effect for portrait uh, because they can sort of map which is foreground, which is background. Um, but yeah, so Vision API was something that uh, they've added, and this is part of part of the um, Core ML uh, addition, and that's how they do things like face face and, and landmark detection uh, as well as read, being able to read text. And I think that they have something. I know that Google demonstrated something about reading text, like reading Chinese menus and stuff like that. Um, but they talked a bit about Vision and Core ML here. In, in the platform um, thing, so yeah, it's basically just Cormel Like as I said before, is all about incorporating machine learning into your app. Um, they have a rich set of primitives for us to use. Um, supports a number of different libraries, and yeah, so you can do that. And then Metal and graphics, and Tammy sort of said a bit about Metal and graphics. Uh, interestingly, that there's 1.7 million thousand Metal apps on there out there on the App Store. So, and there's 900 million devices that can support Metals for the, for what that's worth. Um, and then they talked about the GPU for uh, uh, offloading the uh, work off the CPU that you can add to the—that's the little um, developer. Kit. Was it? Did they call it a developer kit? I can't remember what they called it for the uh, Mac iMac. That the external?
2: Yeah. Thing? Yeah, yeah,
0: the external GPU stuff. Yeah, I think yeah.
2: they just called the graphics. Now I'm going to have to look it up. I'm sorry, oh, I was man. being attacked by oh, a who tick.
0: Are, who are you, Greg? A tick.
2: I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, what the hell is that? It was a man in
0: your own business? I know. Wow.
2: What jerk. Uh, I think. Had was, he made a uh, home
0: of himself and you, or what's that? Had he? Did he make a whole? Of himself in you? No, home he, of himself.
2: He was he was taking a ride on my hat. Okay, it's the external graphics developer kit. Except now I don't know where he went. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, more fodder for the after show. <laughs> so the one other
1: thing that they added to Xcode that I had in my note that I think Tammy would enjoy is the Sprite Kit and Scene Kit debugger, very similar to the View debugger that they have, right, or yeah. sort of normal UI view based stuff.
2: Yeah, I, look, dude, I am super excited about all of. The sprite kit, but mostly because I don't think there's, there's mostly just a little bit of stuff for sprite kit, but scene kit is over the top. And yeah, the debugging stuff, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they added this stuff. It's going to be fantastic.
0: I just have to say, visual inertial odometry.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you feel better now?
0: Well, it, they said it in the keynote, so I wrote it down. <laughs> they were talking about pirate, the pirate kit. Oh.
2: I don't know. I watched the, I don't know, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but I watched the what's new in. In scene kit today and that blew me away i mean it's funny because mm-hmm. you know it goes back to what i said earlier before with you know why would you why would you use metal to write a game and now when i looked at the what's new in scene kit i'm like well that's all the stuff that they were doing in metal and now they're bringing it to scene kit which is oh really directly cool. there yeah cool. yeah
0: you have your little army of sprites and stuff like that i mean army that was wasn't that what what one of the one of the advantages of metal is you could have all these like you know multiple um, little guys running Around on your in your scenes, and it could really render them quick.
2: I don't know if you that's know? the advantage of metal. I mean, yeah, you could do that it's with metal. an right?
0: advantage, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know,
2: there, there's things like uh, now I have to like I'm all freaked out because I had a tick on me and I can't think straight. Um, okay,
0: well we can we I think I think we should sort of we should sort of wrap up the the sort of first day because yeah. we got five more days four more days to talk about not today but yeah yeah
1: yeah we got a lot of sessions to go through. I mean we we really <laughs> yeah. touched the tip of the iceberg here. Just with the keynote and the platforms, the Union, and a handful yeah. of sessions, there'll definitely be, be more stuff that we'll get well, a think to I... look at and you know play around with and, and debug and see. Like, oh, here's this really cool thing I found.
0: Right. So yeah, I just want to. Well, I just want to get to give people an opportunity to hear what we thought about what we saw. I think that's why they come to us, right? Well, yeah, and it was a good that, WWDC. Yeah, the, the three that?
2: things I could tell you from my perspective as a game developer, three things I'm most interested in would be the uh, iMac Pro, the. A- AR kit and the new stuff in Scene Kit, including the augmented reality.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they did talk about. That's one thing we haven't covered. But okay.
2: Oops. <laughs> Spoiler.
0: No. I, no. No. It's okay. No. No. It's, uh, uh, the AR kit was the last thing they talked about in the in the platforms. I believe. I'm just trying to get back to those notes here. Everything. Yeah, that's where my notes stop mentioning AR
1: kit iPhone yeah. 6s and later and iPad. Sorry, iPad Pro and later. Right. Right. I don't know what that hmm. means for the SE. I think it is 6s. Internals inside of an iPhone 5s box. Yeah. So, so my iPhone okay 6 there. is
0: now obsolete officially. Officially, you're officially obsolete. Your days are numbered.
1: No, you just save your pennies for the uh, the brand spanking new iPhone. Yeah. Fall, what, whatever right.
0: that is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm totally yeah, making deta- an augmented reality app where you beat up little ticks. That's what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> Squish them. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's about time because because just on AR in general because I've been looking at AR for and fascinated by it for about four or five years. In fact, I have a couple of uh, on-the-go projects that clients have been saying, "When are you going to do this? When are you going to do this?" And I was looking at uh, springs Strings was one, and then uh, Mark and I were, but Mark and independently of each other, we're both looking at Qualcomm's VR to do this kind of stuff. So now Apple's brought it in and, and made it super simple. It's it's an amazing technology where you know, like a, like you look at, you can look at a pattern like a QR code and have a dragon fly out of a, out of out of a hole in your desk, kind of thing. Or you can have little characters run around on the screen and, and you know interact with each other and you can interact with them and there's all kinds of really cool things you can do and you know you build your characters in Blender and use Unity to animate them and but you can use the AR. So I guess I guess now we can do sprites or sorry, scene kit um, kind of animations like that. Right, Tammy?
2: Yeah definitely if, if you've not been into scene kit before now's the time to get into it. You know if if you don't if you don't think you can do it because you're used to doing Sprite Kit stuff, throw that out of your mind because it's the farthest thing from the truth really. Scene Kit is not that much different than Sprite Kit.
0: Now, isn't there a really good book by some guy that we know? You know,
2: there is a good book by some guy. I'm trying to think who that guy was. I think the dude's Um, name is Chris Language. I might be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure I'm not. But you can get it at (laughs) raywenderlook.com. 3D Apple Games by Tutorials.
0: Yeah, and we talked to him on Run about He was actually a scene kit or 2D game designer who took it upon himself to learn 3D and write a book. And that was what... uh, was using screen- Scene Kit, so I think it's three or four apps you build in that book, Tammy.
2: I believe so. But you know, as the final pass editor on that, you think I would have better answers. But I'm telling you, I'm traumatized oh, with this man. stupid tick that was attacking me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously. All getting aside, augmented reality is is really powerful. It's really a lot of it's fun, the bomb. and it, it it is, and it's so attainable now because <laughs> literally you don't require a whole lot of lines of code to get it to. Work. Work. And when you integrate it with something like a uh, scene kit, which is also fairly, I don't want to say simple or easy to understand because that's not fair to, to some, it, it might not be, but it's, it's a reachable goal. It's something that can be done. It's not too far um, out there. You know, it's not as complicated as metal. Let me just say it that way.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what? I think we should move on to our picks. So yes. Yes. All right. Sounds so, good. So, I mean, I think everybody's pick is refactoring. Am I right?
2: Yeah. That's pretty yes? cool. That's
0: pretty yeah. Cool. I think I'd mentioned in
1: various channels that I will be spamming the refactor button so much that it will open a tear in the space time continuum itself. Right. In the delicate
0: how... fabric of the space time continuum. Exactly. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, my pick is something that just happened just before we started recording. I guess around 10 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time or for Eastern Daylight Time. Don't don't yell at me. Stop yelling at the phone. Um, I think it's daylight time. To be honest with you, uh, our buddy Ryan McLeod over at BlackBock Puzzles has just won an Apple Design Award for BlackBock Puzzles. So I assume I haven't watched the video yet of that presentation, but uh, he's listed first here. So I hope that means he won the uh, prize first. So kudos to um, Ryan for that, as we've talked about on the show many times. It's our favorite app. In fact, we've now, Timmy and I have now made it officially the uh, iOS game for Roundabout and more than just Code. Uh, Yeah, so uh, he's won a prize. This is Ryan's first app, so kudos to him for that. And uh, if you, you'll learn a ton without giving spoilers, without giving a ton away, you will learn more about your phone than you ever wanted to know playing Blackpock puzzles. That's all. I'm going to say you guys no, no comments no, no quibbles
2: Go in fact if you listened to the roundabout episode where we had Ryan on the show you would have known that my children stole my phone from me in order to play that game so that's how good it is
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so kudos to black box and Ryan McLeod for winning an Apple design award we're all jelly over here all right um Jaime how many picks do you have for us today
1: just two um both WWDC related the first one is a link for those of you driving at it home it'll be in the one wonderful show notes. Um, The what's new in iOS that gives you an overview, uh, a much more detailed overview of what's available, right? Uh, Of course, support for drag and drop. uh, Music kit is listed here. Metal 2 is listed out in terms of what sorts of things have been done and changed. You can find things about other things that don't make it into the platform, city union, or the keynote, like the fact that uh, you have multi-path TCP or in hint, um, they added Core NFC, a new framework for reading near field communications tags and data right, right. in the NFC data exchange format. I don't even remember them even vaguely talking about that in the keynote or the State of the Union. So if you want to know what's going on with some of this stuff, or we'll start getting hints as to what's going to happen with iOS as a platform and you know Apple devices in the future, this is the sort of thing to start taking a look at. All
0: right, cool. And this, uh, it, I think Mark uh, always tells me that he goes over and reads to what's new in fill-in-the-blank. Yeah, so it's a good place to go and ch- sort of see what the delta is between the previous OS and the current one, iOS that is, right? Go ahead, Jaime.
1: Yeah. And the other pick I have is a blog post by Erica Sadoon. So if you want to use the drag and drop sort of stuff, um, and you know, in the simulator, you don't really have multiple fingers to use. There's a quick little tip here about how you can simulate a second finger. So if you, I guess, click and hold, so sort of like a long press on an item, it will pop out and then you can drag it to wherever you want. Um, what you can do is press the control key that will sort of hold the item, the pinned item sort of mid-drag, and then you can use your cursor to go and manipulate everything else. So in this case, she shows a quick little video of like pulling something out of a list, hitting the control key. You can see like the little finger sort of icon comes up on the simulator, and then using the cursor to go drag up and down to this other list, and then goes back to the pin item, grabs it, and drops it in. So if you're ever wondering how that works... There you
0: go. Cool. Does she not sleep? I, I
1: have no idea. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely difficult keeping up with WWDC if you're over there, you know, going to the sessions all day and partying all night and having cool conversations with cool people and going to the labs. It's definitely, it, it's it's not a vacation, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I just so uh, She always has, seems to be ahead of the curve in terms of uh, these tips and tricks. So She used to always write uh, recipe books for uh, iOS development. All right, Tammy, hit us.
2: My pick is Xcode 9. After all the bitch and I did in the past few days in the past few episodes
0: wait did it fix the highlighting
2: it didn't fix the highlighting but uh-huh. i'm <laughs> but
0: <laughs> oh disappointment wah, wah, wah. <laughs>
2: I am willing to overlook that because it has fixed and added so many new things to it. I, I can't even list off all those things. Read the release notes. I generally don't read too much of the release notes when they come out, but for some reason, I felt like I needed to, and I did. And wow, absolutely epic, epic! Wow, I, yeah. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it on Twitter a couple times now, posted, and I fully agree with this statement that running Xcode eight alongside X- code 9, it feels like Xcode 8 is the beta and not X code 9. Really? Wow. Yeah, and Mm. and like I said, I fully agree with that statement.
0: So, uh, yeah, question though, it is still a beta app though, like it still has the banner that says beta on the icon and it installs separately or?
2: It does install separately. What I can tell you is don't do what I did if you haven't installed it yet, excuse me, and you plan to install it and then you go to run it and it's like, what the hell's going on? It doesn't work. When I downloaded it, I I just stuck it on my desktop because it's a beta. I was just going to stick it there and use it. doesn't work that way. Got to drag it into the applications folder. Very important step that I completely, Ah. completely didn't even think to do. But once I did it, everything worked great. I stopped bitching. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's good. And remember when I was saying the people and folders, like in file systems, it's still tricky, right? That's the sort of thing I'm glad to to hear that you had that that sort of fix because that's probably the sort of thing I would do too. I probably would have been running it from like my downloads folder or something. And been very grumpy when it didn't work.
2: Oh yeah, Yeah. it It makes a lot of
1: sense. It should be in apps.
2: Like had to be six, seven minutes. I'm sitting there going, "Why is this stuff not building? And how come I? There's only two simulators, and every time I tried to install a new simulator, I was getting like um, some sort of invalid object. I'm like, "Geez, again, Tim's going to hear about this."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I I do. I can say this one thing about the applications folder. It's a protected space in the OS, so um, it's like it's kind of like a root level, like root kind of owns it, I think. So that's probably why they were able to go in and like when you install it, it it starts to unpack a bunch of things when you first run it, right? Did it do all that kind of stuff when you first started running it, Tammy, like install your your, uh, command line tools and that kind of
2: stuff? You know, now that you mention it, when I first tried to launch it, I kept getting that message that it wasn't um, a certified developer, recognized developer, the security right, thing that right. comes up. Yeah, yeah I yeah. had trouble getting around that, even though I went in and said, okay, fine, you know, let it install. I'm fine with it. It kept freezing up and not showing up on my dock. And I restarted the machine once. So I probably should have stopped then and there and figured out, oh yeah, I should probably move this over to the applications folder. But i push through and I sort of like forced it to go and I think it was trying to do its thing and it couldn't do it um, and then again when I moved it over to the applications folder I think it probably finished doing what it was supposed to be doing because then I had all my simulators there I was able to build my projects and everything worked
0: right interesting though you know, apps like carbon copy cloner if you try and run them on the desktop it'll say hey this is on the desktop you want to move this to the application folder I can't. there's a couple of other apps like that I'm surprised that Xcode doesn't say that to you, right?
2: I'm surprised that it came up with a security warning, not a recognized developer. Like really?
0: Well, who, who can trust those guys over at Apple? Right. right. <laughs> They're shifty. <laughs> Shady. Exactly. You maybe downloaded it from the Chinese website.
2: No, oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> I did have to make space on my computer, and it does run with Sierra, but I didn't have Sierra on my on my Mac. And I had Oh, did to, you have to update? I did. I had to update, but I had to clear 60 gig off my machine first.
0: Wow. So is Sierra like, f- officially launched already?
2: No, no, no. Sierra's the one that's out now. Hi Sierra is the beta.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, sorry, I was high on Sierra.
2: Yeah, because they're doing a stellar job with their naming this year.
0: <laughs> what is... I, I thought he was kidding again when he first started naming, when he started mentioning the name, right? I think a lot of us did, right? We're like, okay, what's yeah, the real name? It <laughs> doesn't help that they made that exact joke
1: with Mac OS, was it Weeds, for that city in California?
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah.
1: So I like Sea Lion
0: um, myself, but, yeah. No, yeah.
1: I think it should have been Snow something, right? This is the release it doesn't add a ton of stuff to macOS. It's really true, more of refinement true. and iteration. Just like yeah. Leopard and Snow Leopard. And I've joked about you know Sierra should have been Snow Yosemite. This should have been Snow
0: mm. Sierra. Mm. That's
2: a mouthful. Well, it kind
0: of is. Okay. So so is High Sierra a, a range of mountains up there, or is it just somebody was fully baked when they named it?
2: <laughs> somebody was I fully I think a little baked.
0: bit of A, a little bit of B, yeah.
2: Look, I, I was telling my mother about it. You know, she was asking about WWDC and how to get all the new stuff and so on and so forth. And I told her, I said, you know, I explained to her that I, I was going to get Sierra and then get high Sierra. <laughs> and she got. she's like, what? <laughs> you got to do what? Said, Don't worry, Mom, am just yeah, going to get yeah. high. It's totally cool.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder how people for the next six months are going to be saying, you got to get high. And then, oh, thanks, Mac. Mac just banged his head on the table. Isn't there a song getting go, high? Go yeah. Yeah. I think there is. Yep. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm gonna to work from home so I can pay attention to the videos. Yay. Oh well, that's good. cool. We have a bunch of stupid meetings to go to, but Oh hey, hi May. If people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at Deva the Hair. And Tammy, where would they find you?
2: At Paradox Nine Two Seven, also on Twitter.
0: All right. And as I said at the top of the show, I am Tim Mitra and I am T I M M I T R A on the Twitter Machine. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. So until next week, we'll go back to watching session videos, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. See Goodbye. You've just experienced the More Than Just Code podcast.
1: If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you'll find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show, picks for the episode, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website and write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter at MTJC underscore podcast. If you'd like to support the show,
0: you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening. Yeah, tippy canoe, tippy canoe.
2: (laughs) All right.
0: For the record I've
2: never been drunk on the show, not even once.
0: I thought we have a breathalyzer we can test you with, or put you put you on a you you touch your nose or whatever. You'll
2: just have to take my word for it.
0: I'm pretty sure you fell asleep last week during the show. (laughs)
2: Um, I did, but that was not (laughs) from. I totally did, Um, yeah. And then I all all the following day, I had to cancel another podcast the next evening because I couldn't keep my eyes open. Wow. Yes. So no, Mm. it wasn't what you thought it was. I just I think I hit a wall and it and it fought back. It kicked back. It kicked back. right even i had to go to the eye doctor in the morning that following morning and i could barely Mm -hmm. do the eye tests because i couldn't keep my eyes open and they wanted to dilate my (laughs) eyes i'm like no i don't think that's gonna work
0: Because you have to control your diet and stuff like that, right? So, right, right, yeah. I don't. It's not know the end of the world.
2: I don't know if it's true, but I heard cannabis works as
0: really. Oh, I should get and myself a, bunch a other stuff It
2: works for as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. My trouble with that is every time I partake in the last, you know, ten or fifteen years, um, like if I have a back a twinge in my back or a sore knee or whatever, my whole brain goes, "Your knee is really sore right now."
2: You know? <laughs> Wow. As you can imagine,
1: <laughs> wow! I thought it was supposed to make you like feel better for stuff for, like glaucoma, <laughs> and other
0: ailments. Yes, I, I did a lot of imbibing in high school, so I kind of, kind of, I kind of got used to it, right? So, but yeah, and it's just it was in Vancouver, in like ninety seven, and I was with a colleague, and she went to her place for dinner, and just just to have a dinner, right? And she pulled one out, and I just spent the rest of the night going, "Oh my god, my back is so sore."
2: <laughs> you were hyper tuned, hyper focused. <laughs> I guess.
0: I, I needed to watch a rock concert or something, or put on a Pink Floyd album or something like that. Would have taken my mind off.
2: But you know where you can. Be on, on where? Where? In California, and you know what's been going on in California? <laughs> What's that? WWDC.
0: Oh, right, right. I love I loved, uh, Janie's Jenny's. Everybody's high b-
2: over there with their Sierra.
0: Yeah, they're all high on Sierra, yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, I love Jenny's comments on the Slack today. I, I haven't had time to look at anything this week, and this is why, and she totally says it right. Like, you know, this morning I get up and there's like five live streams, and she says it's like a cat tracing five lasers. You know, that's how much how much stuff there is out there for us to look at, right?
2: There's so much stuff.
0: Yeah, and as I was just going to say, I was calmly trying. Work right today, and, and watch the videos. I'm trying to pay attention to the videos and take notes and stuff like that, and because this is important stuff, right? It's like it's our business, so we to be a pay attention to this stuff. That's that's what that's the downside. I mean, like you know, everybody says, "Oh, you can watch the videos. Don't worry about it." I don't know about you, but once WWDC is over, I never look at the videos unless I'm specifically looking for one nugget.
2: I'm kind of like that too. Like unless unless there's an interest for some reason or another, maybe I have a project, or maybe I'm just generally interested, I'll watch it. And because of that, this this week more than once now. I've watched two videos simultaneously as they were live streaming. Yeah,
0: I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Heard and that. I
2: took notes and gave them to you. So <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs>
0: Thanks a lot. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. What about you, honey? I find it, well, okay. So normally
1: I do find it difficult to sort of keep up. And what I've tried doing the last few years, last couple of years, I guess, is to sort of make a, a plan. It's like, all right, if I watch one video a night, that's all it is. You know, we're, we're One video, about 35 to 45 minutes, minutes, which I can split, you know, between breakfast, lunch, and possibly dinner, depending on, on what's happening. That's going to be my way of keeping up as best I can. Now, just like with all sorts of things, what I plan to do isn't necessarily what I end up doing. So I try to order the videos in like the priority order of like, okay, these are the ones I have to learn about. And these are the ones I'm interested, but I don't have to. And then kind of tails off from there into like, well, I don't know, maybe someday I'll do this sort of stuff sort of list. So if I stop somewhere, hopefully I've stopped after I've gotten through the necessity ones you know platform state of union keynote of course uh which thankfully i was able to watch both of those live and then the next thing i like to watch is the what's new in coco touch because it sort of gives you an overview right of, like, yeah what are yeah. all the sessions that i'm going to need to care about going forward and uh I, I do think that there is a enormous advantage to being there so like in this case i happen to have um release martial duty so i was responsible for putting the app in the app store turns out we had a terrible bug on ios 9 so i had to scramble to figure out what it was fix. it Put another version in the app store and deal with all the sort of internal documentation and release planning stuff. And, uh, didn't really have a chance to see any of the live streams so far. So here we are on Wednesday. So I've missed two days of live streams. And so that's why I'm looking to, you know, download and and view these offline. Hopefully tomorrow I'll have some time to view one or two of the streams. But I think getting back to people like, oh, well, like, what's the advantage? Like the advantage is nobody can bother you. So unless you're, you know, (laughs) getting out of the office and away from your PC or laptop. You know, like you're going out in the middle of nowhere and all you have is like your MacBook to, or sorry, your your MacBook, your iPad to view the videos. It's really hard to stay focused on it. So I think when you're there in California, it's like, well, you know, unless the world is coming to an end, they're not going to bother me. So you have real dedicated time for about eight hours of the day to review that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's exhausting being there for sure. I mean, my colleague who's down there was texting me today about, you know, my God, there's a lot of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's a crazy week like you're just he's like he says i've got things booked nine to five for the five days and i said yeah that's totally what it is like what i do in the app is is i go through and mark a bunch of favorites and so that because when you're working at your desk and you and you're trying to you know, remember which video you want to watch if you don't mark your favorites you you'll totally like end up watching some other some other thing but um yeah and and it, uh, like this is wednesday when we're recording and and uh Jaime was saying that he wanted to download the videos and and normally you can and and i don't think i think maybe just Today or tomorrow, you'll be able to. You can on your iOS device, but that doesn't help you, right? And then what I do with them is, is you know, I go, th- I watch as many live ones as I can. And like today was a disaster I only ended up watching maybe two or three, but as of out of like you know what five you could watch, I t- I totally messed up the time to the startup time. I thought I just assumed it was starting at one o'clock our time um, in you know, I'm in the Eastern Time Zone, but I, so I missed like I think they started at nine thirty or eight thirty in California time on the West Coast. You know how I mean? No, they so started later. West Coast would be like 1230 your time
2: yeah they didn't start yeah, the so, 11 o'clock was the first one they had today a central time
0: well, uh, oh central time yeah so that's that's noon for me right so that's what i mean i, I messed up the time because i i had a doctor's appointment this morning and i went and saw my granddaughter for, on the way home and and i thought you know i had time but then i totally screwed up and missed the first yeah, what yeah. i do afterwards and i think how is going to do that too is once you can download them you can you can run them at two or three times speed in quick time right so you can sort of whip through them and get the general idea and if something's not making sense you can slow down and go back and watch that piece over again.
2: But. I don't know. I take issues with the the two X speed. I tried watching something. Yeah. At, I, yeah, I tried watching something today at two X speed. And I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I, I've tried it before, and I don't like it. But luckily, Is it one of
0: the ones that's already been downloaded, like the no, this was a different, completely
2: separate technology, not not even Apple related, and because um, there was some boring sessions at WWDC that were streaming today that I didn't want to watch. No, so I imagine really? that. So I watched some other stuff, and I'd pretty much watched all the other videos that I wanted to see from the previous day, so I was watching something completely different. But anyway, I tried watch this thing at 2X, and I just felt like I couldn't connect to the to the presenter. So I set it at right, 1.25, right. which seemed to be really good. And in fact, Marin on Slack had made a comment almost around the same time that I was messing around with the speed settings. that 1.25 happens to be what he likes his settings mm-hmm, at.
0: They have about 1.4, 1.5, really, most of the time, right? So
2: Yeah, I just think 2X uh, is too fast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you it's funny. You do actually get used to it. Like I don't edit the podcast at one point two, but I edit about one point five or so. Right, what I'm doing real quick, just doing a quick pass, just getting the, getting the stories down and deciding what to cut. buff, you know, you're right so, about uh, that.
2: Maybe I, maybe I need to do a stepped, you know, a step up approach because when I first put it at one point two five, I still thought it was too fast, and I pushed through it. I'm like, let me just try and get used to it, and then I got used to it, and then I tried to put it back at one. I'm like, oh my god, come on, dude, speak faster! This you're gonna put me to sleep. <laughs>
0: So yeah. it's funny when I'm, when I'm when I'm editing the podcast, like you guys are like talking really really fast, you know, kind of thing. Like, and then when I do the final pass at it, and I have to listen to it in real time just to make sure I haven't missed something, and you guys are talking really slowly, <laughs> or about not everything. at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Don't know why Huzzah came out as bizarrely as it did, but can you just cut that? It's like I had marbles in my mouth or something. Oh,
0: the, when you when you said Z-Z-Z. yeah, I
2: was just, <laughs> little, I didn't I didn't know how to recover from that, so I just shut up.
0: <laughs> okay, speaking of recovery, I'm just going to go run back outside, and I'll be right back. Okay, hang on, let okay. my mic
2: I, I can't find this song about getting high. I can hear it in my head, but, but then I, can't. I got
0: high.
1: But yeah, that's the one. High. What is that one? I don't know who does that.
2: I, all right. Oh here. We we go is it afro man because i got one?
1: yeah that sounds that sounds right
2: okay i think yeah, I can't. I can't put it through. Yeah, but that's the song because I got high by Afro Man.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the the naming there. It sort of feels like the marketing department wanted to you know take Friday off or something. Yeah, but they had to come up with a name, and that's what they went with. And nobody challenged them on it. Maybe because they were distracted by all these other things that they had to deal with. All right, Hi Sierra, fine.
2: I don't know what's worse, Hi Sierra or HomePod. Although I have to say, after you started going through and explaining like earbud and iPod and all those other things. I was like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense, but it's still a silly name.
1: It is. I mean, I don't know. I guess they were stuck. Like it, out of all the smart speaker sort of things, you know, you have the Google home, which I don't know, that's okay. It gives you the impression, oh, this is from Google. And it tells you where you can use the product. I think the Amazon Echo, despite the fact that it doesn't give, give you, you know, what does this product do? It's a much cooler name and it makes more sense. It's like, oh, it's something you talk to Echo is something you hear. Sure, why not? It's a cooler name to begin with.
2: Siri Home would have been fine. Everyone would have known it.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where I kind of wonder, I mean, are they sort of backing away from Siri while they're, I don't know, presumably trying to make it better, I guess, but why Why not come front and center on it? It was really, really weird, like they were just poking their toes in the water and were afraid to burn themselves or something.
2: You might be right about that, although does Apple really dip their toes into the pool or do they usually just jump right in?
1: Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I'm I'm Still on the fence. I... I think I will go ahead and buy one, assuming and betting that they will open it up for developers. And I'll be very unhappy if they don't.
2: That's a pretty steep bit. I'm not willing to buy in on that one. Because think about it. They had the... Okay, let me take you back. The original Apple TV. You could never write to that one. But you do have second, third, fourth gens that you can write to. Still the Apple TV. But that first one... So I take back what I said. They do uh, dip their toes in the water. I don't know. You might be waiting. Your money on that. Well, maybe not wasting yeah, it, but I mean, you might be wasting. See, I went back to it. You might be spending your money on something that doesn't give you the return you're looking for.
1: Yeah. I think if it was $199, I'd be all in. 150 more, I'm like, well, oh, do I really need the high-end speaker? And I don't know. I, I, the other sort of side I'm thinking about is like, okay, maybe they're not ready to have the developer story yet because how will that work? I mean, right now stuff tends to work using extensions. Well, this isn't like a normal iOS device. You're not going to install an app on your phone and then have this HomePod as you know an extension of that. It's not going to work quite the same of, of how you would want. You know, it certainly wouldn't work the way that would for the Google Home or the Amazon Echo. I- so maybe they're trying to figure out what... What that story is,
2: I think what you're going to see with them is people are going to buy it and they're going to use it. And I think I found the tick. I think the cats are messing around with it now, but they, they have anti-tick medicine, so it shouldn't get on them. Apparently, I need that medicine. Anyway, so what I think is going to happen is the HomePod is going to be out for like a year and people are going to play with it and Apple is going to get really really good feedback from the market and also from developers as users, right? Not as developers. And I think Mm -hmm. you're going to see a second version come out and I think they're going to do similar what they did with the, with the um, Apple TV, that first one you can't touch, but Hey, you can touch this one and here's, here's the kit for it, you know?
1: Right. I I could see that happening. I, I could very well see that happening now that you mentioned the Apple TV comparison. Um, on the positive side of this, I think if they're not ready with a developer story, I'd rather they not have third-party developer stuff included. I I do think very critically that they made a huge mistake with trying to rush into third-party apps on the watch, where they clearly hadn't come up with what that actual architecture should be like, right? It's night and day between, you know, WatchKit 1.0 and WatchOS 2 and then WatchOS 3 changes it again. I think it's more or less solidified in WatchOS 4. It doesn't look like it changed as much, even though there were changes to it. And that's, I mean, that's difficult to say, oh, by the way, uh, that was a first draft. Let's rewrite your app. Oh, by the way, that wasn't quite good either. reread it again. So, what do right? you mean, I mean
0: by what do you mean by like rushed into third party apps? I mean the fact that they gave us the watch kit, what developer kit, and and we were able to build apps for it before, or I guess we were able to build apps before we actually saw the hardware. Is that that was the case? Is that what you meant by that? Or
1: yeah, and and even the architecture of how that works, the means by which you create apps wasn't fully baked. I mean, it, it functioned, it didn't function very well, and and people didn't know what to do with it. So, I think Tammy's idea there of like, well, maybe it'll be like the Apple TV where you use it as a user, sort of figure out the pros and cons of that platform, and then open it up to apps like they did with the Apple TV and tvOS. Maybe they'll do that with this HomePod, where this first one, not extensible at all, go see how people use it, see what's the pros and cons of it, and then open it up to apps or skills, whatever the, the case may be.
0: Yeah, I guess it's kind of... it's Well, it's odd because it doesn't have a, a UI, right? I mean... That's what's kind of weird about it, right? Mary, do I guess with, so with, with the skills, can you actually see them on your Android? Like, can you actually go in and change parameters and stuff like that? Do you know? There, there's
1: limited configurability. So what you'll end up, and I'll use the Echo because it's the most um, mature way of doing this. So if you go into the Amazon Alexa app, you can go and find skills. Or now you can actually just say, oh, enable this particular skill. Like the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon came out with one that was talked about on TV, and you could just, enable it with your voice. But the other thing that they do is you can interact in a non-voice manner, right? So sometimes it might speak out things to you, or if it needs extra explanatory text, rather than sort of droning on at you it might say, oh, I've also sent a card to your phone. And you can look in the app and say, oh, okay, there's the extra information that I want. That's kind of what I thought Apple was going to do when I was doing the predictions of the advanced cloud kit and seamless integration with your iPhone. And they can sort of completely punt it on it for now, hopefully. Hopefully they'll have to, um, hopefully they'll come up with a solution there. But I think since it's completely unlike everything else they have, like, like thinking about how how do you install apps on iOS and tvOS and watchOS, you go to an app store, right? And that content is hosted via the store itself. In this case, the way that skills work for the Echo in the home is that you have some sort of server somewhere that the Echo or Alexa or the Google Assistant know, oh, okay. Well, when somebody asks for the happy fun time skill, I know to go to this Address and send that information over to that web server, and it will return responses that the echo will then you know, speak out to you. What's the equivalent of that for the Apple ecosystem? I, I, I can't think of one, right? Like, it, even the Mac has at least the Mac App Store as, as a sort of way to get apps on there. Of course, you can sideload things that uh, get it off of websites, so sure. But there's nothing that's, that Apple has out there that's, oh, this is going to some dedicated address. Uh, the closest they get with it is something like, you know, universal app links, where you have to put a special file in your own server. Um, um, there's stuff like, oh, when you fill out the app store, you got to put in like a link to your privacy policy and a link to your developer website and stuff. But but nothing that really is web service based integration. And I think maybe that's where they're sort of struggling with that story of like, how how do they review that sort of stuff? Right. Because their, their current review process just won't work at all. They will not scale to that sort of thing. It would be super easy to hide. How, they, they never see your binary. How would they know what you're doing behind the scenes? I don't know what to tell you, Hammy. Yeah, saying, yeah. Sammy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm about sixty forty in favor of buying the device, but I think I think Tammy might be right. I might be like, oh, good when HomePod two comes out, the one that's actually you know something you can develop against. I'll end up having to sell the HomePod one for a very cheap price, and basically <laughs> just
0: eat the eat the cost. <laughs> right, right. Huh.
2: That's my plan. Besides, I got five thousand dollars I need to save up for for something. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. for something so I know can I can use so you can sponsor
0: Roundabout at uh, just <laughs> our Patreon just write code for yeah the, you uh, know what Tim
1: we didn't we didn't talk about um, like GoFundMe
0: you know <laughs> you didn't talk about t-shirts or 360 iDev no we didn't that's amazing how I don't it's amazing how we just got right past that yeah Um. yeah I'm just looking at the time here it's like we've been recording for two and a half hours roughly so I know I and you
2: you guys have no idea how long I'm, I'm sitting here freaking out because I had that tick on me and I haven't been able to check in the mirror if I have more. I've been so distracted since I found it, so I'm sure that is, that's not going to translate well to when you try and edit this episode down.
0: Cool, cool. Well, at least we have our cold <laughs> opener, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right you um, should give the ticket name Tammy and you should you should draw like a portrait I will so here's here's the story about the t-shirts again this I, what is it with well, us and t-shirts like so I couldn't get t-shirts to people in in time for WWDC a couple of guys said so they wanted them I'm still going to send them out to them to their home addresses when they get back but yeah we just couldn't get anybody to commit to delivering them until like Thursday right just, by the way folks we do have t-shirts printed uh for our, our 2012 or 2012 2017 world tour um you know the various cities we just get, we delivered this year, but um so if you want to have a T-shirt, uh, you can go to the website and there's an odd there's an odd bug with the shipping right now. A friend of mine went and tried tried to work it out for me, and he bought a T-shirt from us, but uh, yeah, it ended, ended up trying to double charge him on shipping, which I can't seem to figure out. It's a WordPress plugin that worked fine last year. I'm not sure what's going on this year. So mm. yeah, mm. yeah. So we have ladies sizes, we have ladies small and ladies large, and we have men's medium, large, and extra large coming get them if you do have trouble with ordering them just ping me and we'll figure something out but uh, yeah and also uh, um, Timmy and I are speaking at 360 iDev August 13 or I think we're actually speaking on the 14th of August right um, yes we're
1: on well I guess we're on the first day of the conference itself but there is right. a pre-conference Work- workshop, workshop that's yeah. the 13th that uh, Tim mentioned mm-hmm. yeah I think so I... come you know, get a ticket come check us out and you know see yeah. what our talk is all about it's about um, how would you describe it Tim it's called uh, being a D- better developer by talking yeah something like that <laughs>
0: And actually, that's what it is. It, the, the whole idea is that, you know, um, by having peer reviews or tweeting or just having conversation with a rubber duck, you know, um, or even to a friend or writing an email like trying to or try to make a post that, that explains what your question is, you often end up teaching yourself more or learning about more about what you're trying to solve in that. So it's, so it's kind of like that. So we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about how about communication works, um, some tricks to some places to go and learn how to be a better communicator, I guess, uh, as well as what it has done for us as developers and or podcasters and or twitter people that kind of stuff right that's just indeed
1: maybe is. we should have like a before and after sort of picture to sort of really sell the whole like this is what it was like before i was talking as
2: developer well without this without, is what it's, it's like what,
1: now and it's you know it's like completely better lighting i'm wearing makeup